Don't you tell me to be quiet, Chad. For another week of SBS Fly Fishing Podcast. What is going on, boys? This feels good. I love this song. I heard it on the way home from work today, is why when I texted you guys, I heard I've never it. heard this on the fucking I heard, radio. Oh, I heard it and I was like, I was like, we gotta come into this tonight, man. I I, I even I, I you know, first thing I, I'm here listening to I'm like, man, I'm like, I'm pretty sure that's Twisted Sister, but it could be quite right. I'm like, you know what? So as soon as I just grab my phone, you know, I'm riding down the road in, in, in the work truck, you know, we're shazamming what the fuck song is on the radio. So, and I'm like, oh, we got to come. And then, you know, then I texted you guys while I was driving the work truck. I'm joking. Totally safe. These, these are jokes. This is just jokes. Did you have a beer in your hand at the same oh, time? Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> the guy that I was working for, he was like, hey, you want a beer after work? Yeah, you know, before I leave, yeah. No, no uh, but... You know, as soon as I got back, I'm like, we got to listen to that song. It's a good one. One of the best parties I was ever at, we're down in uh, Athens, Ohio, at OU, just getting fucking faded, man. And uh, we were watching 80s VH1, and this, <laughs> this, this song came on. It was like, oh, my mind was blown. I love it. But, uh, <laughs> hey, we don't have much time, man. We got, we got a guest tonight, and we got to give him a call. So tonight- shh, shh, shh. It's the whisper. We don't want to scare him. But the fish whisperer, Mr. Tommy Lynch, is coming on this evening. So, tonight's show brought to us by Predator Flygear. Check them out at predatorflygear.com. ARX Hooks. Freshwater, saltwater. Check them out at ARXHooks.com. Sims Fishing. You can find them at simsfishing.com. I just put an order in. Uh, bought me some summer gear. I'm actually I'm going to Montana, so I bought me a little bit of mid-layer stuff, too, because it's going to be damn cold. Nobody in my family knew where we were going. I'm like... I'm buying some more nice warm clothes to go out there with, so simsfishing.com. Also, check out Yeti. Check out um, our friends over at Why Not Fishing. They have a cool app called The Dock. Keeps fishermen connected. Some good stories on there, things like that. Share. Um, also, I'd like to thank the Bourbon Fly Co. I mean, Urban Fly Co. Company. 
<laughs> urban. F- we're drinking in here the fucking night. But yeah, boys. <laughs> but the anyway. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm, I'm trying to get some stuff here going on my, my story on Instagram. I don't know if anybody or even gives a shit or cares, but I am on this podcast, and I'm not just a regular fisherman. I'm a all-species fucking spinning gear, all that fun shit, as opposed to my buddy Jason, who just trout fishes. So All trout all the time. Oh, trout all the time. <laughs> but I would like to also mention a good friend of mine, Ryan Evans. Check him out. Queen City Guiding. Find them. Is that .com? QueenCityGuiding.com. QueenCityGuiding.com. He's, yeah. selling, he's selling some sweet flies, all the dirty ones for, you know, taking care of business, and also some awesome flies. Can't wait to see. He's coming to town this vice. weekend. Can't yeah, wait to chill with him. Believe me, I, uh, when when he comes, I get all giddy, and, and I try to pre- prepare myself to, to make it good for him. So, I don't know. That's it, what he does for you when you go there, too. I, uh, d- Dude, he don't got to take me out. I, I would take him fishing a hundred times to once if... You see what I'm saying? It's it's always fun when he goes because I love to watch people fish, and he's a good fisherman. And when you're watching people grind, like we had our friend Scott out here, yeah, he fishes hard. People who fish hard get rewarded sometimes. Sometimes you just get what I get because if if I can't catch them, you're not catching them, bro. Simple that's not, that's that. not true. Nah, 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 nah. I want everybody to get a good look at it before me. You know what I mean? Fish it how they'll fish it. And and that's that. I don't know. Everybody fishes different. That's the cool thing. So to get somebody who's definitely different. I like watching know, Scott fish. Well, look, look. We all. I like watching Scott's mustache fish. <laughs> <laughs> when you've you've learned firsthand. You give me a clouser, I'll mow your hole down. Exactly. Yeah, well, right. where we're where we're from, <laughs> there's nothing left for you. After I will eat you know, them for right. lunch, man. Yeah. What is typical where we're from? A lot of, well, a lot of the same shit. When you see, you get them outside, you know what I mean, aspects, people coming in fishing a little different, potentially. Like, I watch that stuff. That's That makes my game a little better to, to fish with somebody that I don't know or, I don't per know, se, isn't from here. So. I don't know any other river, creek, anything of that nature that you're going to fish two spots like that with the same type of current or the same rollover situation, though, either. So where else are you going to find it until you get to fish it there for the exactly, first time? Exactly, exactly. Like no. when you come, never, you don't know unless you know. Not not that has but, that kind of fish that you're going to be fishing it in that no. way. But the the coolest stuff is when people look at some of the water we fish. That they're on that's like a cloud nine start out, and that every day isn't a good day. You know what I mean? So so when you look at the water and it, it's like. Chad, you giving us a countdown here. You're staring at us all pretty hard. Do we have to get off of the, the microphones? We do, but uh, we had one more thing. Uh, our buddy Ellis from uh, River Tactical Flies, he, Damn asked, right. he asked us to mention a group and uh, asked us to see if our listeners would give some support to Project Healing Waters. Uh, they're hurting right now, man. The uh, The vets can't get out and socialize with uh, with other vets and with people that, that they're used to. So uh, if everyone could just donate a little bit of time. They don't need flies. They don't need money. They need time. And uh, that would be something that you could do uh, to help out the fly fishing community during this, uh, where's this the, isolation period. Where's the best place to to go find some information for this, Chad? ProjectHealingWaters.org. Awesome. So Yeah, we got to keep everybody out fishing because social distancing is cool and all, but it's not for everybody, hey, and, and you some people keep, need a little hand. You could talk six feet away from a guy. It's cool. Oh, yeah. Definitely can help. So... Find time, and uh, we'll be right back with our guest for the night. 
please wait for us to come back. Jade, stage five. Jade, stage five. I'm done. I'm done. Okay, okay. no, we're back. With we're Tommy. back with Tommy Lynch tonight. Can, can we just keep just, just keep going? Just keep going. What were you talking about again? We were in a heated conversation about yeah. all the fishing we love. We just love so fishing. Fun. So we're going to get into some better talk. It's nice talking to you again. Um, I understand you're living in a new place. That seems to be pretty nice for you. You're, you're talking about it. So maybe you can mention a little bit about that. Mm. Sorry about that. <laughs> Mid sip. <laughs> Way to go, Jace. <laughs> Yummy. Cow thirty. Uh, so yeah, um, I, I got myself a little bit west of uh, the Baldwin proper there, and uh, I still I'm I'm still on the Pier Marquette, and I'm access to a couple other rivers even just north of me now. So it's a little bit easier to kind of keep the boys and the babe happy closer to some of civilization, anyways. Baldwin being not that, and. Uh, yeah, I mean, it's nice to go to Baldwin and, and, and fish up there and then fish the middle of the river. And it, it's the locale that I'm at now just keeps me kind of, what was George versus with strategy or something like that? <laughs> That's the so, one. So, so with, with the move, is there is there anything else new? Are you enjoying the scenery? Uh, what's so new about it? Well, you know, this year, and I'm sure everybody that's, you know, you know, you know, and you know, everybody, I mean, this whole COVID thing has really changed our, our guiding, um, game. I mean, I think I'm at 47 canceled trips and counting. Um, so it, it'll be a rough year on the guidebooks. Um, uh, just, you know, I, I'll have my locals and, and some of those people and, and, and it's been the positive side of this coin is the amount of time that I've got to fish with my boys, hang out with my family, catch up on fly tying orders that, I'll be honest with you, stretch back three or four years and, and I'm, I'm, I'm not going to say I'm caught up, but I mean, for the last four months, I've been, you know, callousing these fingers to a point where they, you know, you should put water on them at the end of the night. So, you know, it's, uh, three or, it's four, not, three or four years. Well, you know, it's like everybody wants me to tie him a D right. And I said, send me an email when I sit down at the vice and I can get to them. And then, you know, if you have a good fish, you got a job or, though, or man. A good, you know, this or that, or you're doing family stuff, you just get behind and, and, uh, you know, and then you're trying to run 150, 160 days of guiding, you know, mixed in there. It's, you know, these mixed. are the days. What do you mean mixed? So, <laughs> so I should feel privileged that you fit me in in a week? Oh, hell no. Hell no. <laughs> you're, you're the Chad. I mean, what, what was the, How was Chad. The, the Chad was just fine. So, so, no, you guys have always been solid over there. You wanted a couple of bugs and not like this one guy from chicagoland he bought my uh big boat nice guy really solid guy he prepaid and everything he's got four dozen flies and i'd be lying if i said that i i shouldn't have already got to him but it, you know that big order just sit there in fact that's the next one i'm doing after i get done putting together this paper mache it's not paper it's a nice wood but my wife is just giggling at me just watching me put all these screws <laughs> it's just i mean there's a hundred screws and i'm just terrible at anything but fishing and are you, you know, handling the wood you're a fisherman not a carpenter exactly I, I i you know it's like cooking too it's like you know microwave popcorn hot dogs i got you covered every oh actually i'm pretty good with a grill just because i've learned how to do it in the boat but you know if you if you ask me to make you know anything else i would just 
go sideways like a dog. So, so. before before this, we were on a heated conversation. Wait, no, 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 we're gonna to we're quick. just gonna talk back about to that normal real stuff quick. Here. What is the uh, what's your shore lunch specialty? What do you like making on the side of the river? Oh well, you know, back when I was doing a lot of the you know the stationed uh, indicator um, swing only, uh, or not, I don't, I don't want to say indicator swing only, but that was the bulk of the trip. You know, a lot of the folks, especially in the cold seasons, we do. You know, a nice marinated steak, you know, some Ooh. you know, Canadian steak seasoning, some rice and, you know, some kind of hot side, some broccoli and cheese or potatoes and peppers, something like, you know, know. you know, you get a glass of wine with that, too. No, 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 you don't get that. <laughs> Not in Michigan, right? <laughs> no, well, no, you guys can bring the beer and all that stuff. I haven't really brandished too many alcohol beverages just because we haven't learned how to drink, uh, you know, that well. I mean, my <laughs> We're not good at it. <laughs> no, I, I, I've learned how to, you know. Uh, you know, I partake, but I, I just, I, you can't really wake up and go fishing if you're hung over all the time, you yes. know, and, and I agree. Uh, I, I will, I will dispute, I, like I will dispute you, Tommy. Uh, I think Chad and I do our best fishing when we're hung over, to be honest. Uh, some of our best days are hung over. Well, it, it keeps your focus because nothing else works Even right. So it, you can't really have scatterbrain if, if you can only focus <laughs> on one thing. And that's, uh... well, and, and I did cut you off there from finishing. You were saying about your short lunches. Oh, uh, yeah, well, you know, like I said, most of my guys these days are either streamer, mouse, uh, instructor. I do a lot of instructionals these days, a lot of guys, a lot of good fishermen. I mean, I would say, geez, I would say 75, 80% of my client base is, you know, they own their own boats. Um, they're, they're looking to get better at this. So I've, I've gotten into a lot of these one-person instructionals, which is still just the rate of a guide trip. Um, and, and so we end up doing a lot of these, uh, you know, the uh, the you don't say me. Like Wife used to manage the the supermarket up there, so the gals at the deli are kind of our own little personal, you know, fix at lunch. So you, it's a made to order deli sandwich shaved Kaiser rolls and and stuff like that. And then they do a couple of sides with like cheesecake mousse. And so they know you're so, coming through. They hmm? already they already know you're you're coming through in the morning and and got a few. Oh yeah, to, no, yeah. I don't have to go to the. I just walk in the back door, pop open the cooler, grab my lunch, and walk out and say you know thank you to the ladies and awesome. And, no, that's, yeah, I, that's nice the hookup. It, it works. It's a lot better than having to bring it all home every day and trying to figure out. You know, I like the clients to have what they want, but most of the clients that are doing the streamer stuff nowadays, they don't want to waste 45 minutes or an hour breaking out a grill, you know, and all that stuff. When I was doing the station, like, you know, uh, indicator and uh, swing trips, I can sit in a spot for several minutes and, and start cooking and, you know, all this other stuff and still you know, let you fish. Whereas with streamer fishing, somebody's got a row, you know? <laughs> so, For sure. Uh, yeah, so, you know, even with the mouse fishing, you know, most of these folks are, you know, will go the, and do a hatch. Well, and, I was going you know. oh, to ask you, does everybody start with a, like, is it is it a 250 sinking line and a D&D, or how's that all roll? <laughs> I mean, I mean, that would be what I would do. I would, if anybody were to get in my boat, I'm like, you need a 250 sinking line or more and a D&D. And if uh, you don't have that, you might yeah, as well get well, out of the boat. I mean, we love the D, don't, don't get me wrong. I mean, I, I fish the wheels off of it, and, 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 and to credit it, it is being fished by the bulk of the kids in town that are you know wagging the dog so to speak and and it still works which is impressive because the mm. flies only the pier marquette is not a section of water and that's what cracks me up when you say you know how do you wise up all the you know how do you wise up you know if you know seventeen thousand hold on there's a bee on my arm there we go <laughs> uh with a bee on my arm uh was it a murder hornet uh, I don't think so, but that one kid tied one up that looked pretty cool. Did you see yeah, that? Yeah, that, uh, yeah Yawchuck. 
Yeah, is that how you pronounce that? Yachak? He tied up one that looked oh, just like uh, that was nasty. Yeah. Chad. That's <laughs> pretty cool. Uh, but uh, yeah, so I'm sorry. Where were we? I'm going sidetracked. Yeah. Uh, um, wising up all the fish to the yeah, D. Yep, yep, yeah. Yep. Well, <laughs> they want the D. It's like me and Nick were having this conversation back in the fall. You know, there's a whole bunch of dudes that are, I would call them exceptional fishermen. I mean, they're in their own right. They're good casters. They know how to feather it in there and and, you know, the difference between the guys that are catching a lot of fish off the front of my boat and just catching a couple or seeing a few or whatever is this confidence thing. And I've, I, I'm seeing it more and more. And I see it a lot, too, when I get to fish, which is becoming more and more rare these days. But that confidence when you fish a fly in its entirety through the track of go all the way to the point where you lift that thing out of the water. And even still, as it's coming right through the tippy top of that column, that belief that it's being noticed, that is really the difference between the guys that are getting it done and the guys that are just, you know, pulling color. And, you know, there is well, a, oh, I think it's both sides of the spectrum. When you get somebody who's so green to it, I think they hook up. I, I see some guys, I, I don't know, I'm looking all over social media, green, green guys in the front of the boat are hooking up good because they're fishing the flies right. They're listening to the guides. They're not... You know what well, I mean? They're not in their own belief. Sometimes being in your own belief is a great thing, and believe me, I, I do that every time. And there's some days it just doesn't unfold, you know. And I just well, think, and 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 I know where you're going with this. And and to some level, I'm totally with you. I'm on barometric pressures, like it's going out of style. Whenever I see the bite fluctuations, like tomorrow we got to go fishing because yes, the big, tomorrow we have to go trout fishing. Because the storm comes in on the, the following day. So you have to fish that, that barometrics potential to low and flat. So do I believe in windows getting hot and cold? Yes. Do I also believe that presentation will outfish any fly in my box? Absolutely. Pardon my French. No, no swear away, man. Yeah, 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 this is the cool. fucking internet. Uh, oh, okay. Uh, so, so yeah, green. I mean, uh, you know, it's like I going back to the guys. that it's This Rob Kinkoff guy. This guy. I mean, I've had him for 25 years. Guy comes up 20 to 30 days a year. Um, and I've had him for a while. So, I mean, as far as the closest thing I got to a finished product, this is it. And this guy fishes musky, fishes albacore, striper, you name it. The guy, the guy, I mean, he fishes with plane train. I mean, the guy's just an animal. I mean, he can chew water. I mean, I mean, by comparison, any other one person trip, I need to put on two extra miles for the guy because he chews that much water. Uh, he doesn't need three false casts to get to the spot he wants. He made the cast before he pulled the water, and he still has faith in the one that's still in. And that's the difference. I was going to – oh, speaking the on the same thing. Go ahead. Sorry, sorry. No, like when you're talking about the guy – like or sometimes are you telling people to wait to make the right cast when you're no. going over top of water? No, or are you to, just I'm telling them to, to beat the hell out of the banks all the time? I want a requisite. I want. I want. I want to not just make – uh, a client catch a fish. I want to make him a better angler. Okay, now, now let, let me fix what he, uh, like, adjust exactly what he asked. So let's Go say you're it. dealing, instead of having 1,700 fish per mile like you have, let's say you realistically have 100 maybe good, not even good, but 100 fish per mile and some good ones. Uh-huh. Are you going to wait for the prime opportunity if it's like a 15, 20-foot drift, or are you going to punch it in there and make four or five strips, pick it up, and then fire it back in there? Well, I, and I like what you're saying. Having more casts in the water is better than watching paint dry and holding the fly up in the water. They do work better in the water. True that. Uh, to, to say that these flies aren't being noticed at a couple of yards away would be 
these aren't prince nips. These are six to 12 inch long, absolute fish yeah. swimming. I mean, you know, there's a draw to this fly. You don't have to feed the fly to the fish. The fish is coming to this fly. So the idea that you have to wait for some prescribed yeah. spot, is there a piece of wood that you'd like to track in front of in some tight quarters? Absolutely. Absolutely. And that's structure based, but the idea of it should be sound within the angler. I shouldn't have to tell him to look for that. I will tell him how to look for that. Mm-hmm. But if I have to tell him every time where to cast, he will have no creativity built in that own ideal. And that that's not building a better angler so much as I'm just building a robot, no. hoping he gets his hero shot at the end of the day. Yeah. I, that is perfect. I don't yes, that client that, awesome. that much anymore. I get the guy who, again, owns his own drift boat. He's an exceptional fisherman before I get to him. But if, if you think for a second that, I mean, I've had a front row seat to the wrongs and rights of a, a good and a bad cast for a better part of three decades. And I, and I can fix a lot of great anglers and make them better. I had a, I had a guy named John cast. I had a good cast when I met the guy and, and he followed some of the old school Mark Sadati teachings, which is kind of along the lines of the Joan Wolf, um, and away from some of the, you know, the FFF, uh, you know, standard practice, which I don't teach. I don't like the FFF primer as it is now because the rods are faster. And let me elaborate on that. Yeah, go for, for it. Here, yeah. We've been told not to break the wrist because in breaking the wrist, what we do is we have an arm motion with what I call the tomahawk action of the dropping forearm. And what I've done as soon as I've dropped a form is I've taken whatever 10 and 2, 11 and 1 ceiling, and I've turned it into almost a steeple angle in the dropping of that forearm through the elbow. In a proper ceiling, especially with the rods becoming, let's face it, guys, faster these days, aren't they? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, yes, yes, sir. Right. So back when, when they were teaching people with, you know, half glass and half, I mean, remember a TCR back in the day was considered ultra fast. And if you put it up against today's rod, it's medium. So back then they were teaching with soft rods. If you stopped your, if you didn't break your rod, wrist, your thumb would stop at approximately one o'clock. But the rod, the rod would flex into two and give you that, you know, that back D load, if you will, and <clears throat> and allow that forward progression in a downward matter. And and they're still teaching it a lot of times because it sells fly lines with a weight forward and a or Titan, which is training wheels for where's my, you know, load. And, and, and there, and it sells on a parking lot, but we're teaching people how to shoot lines instead of cast them and fold them. And that's different. Um, if you're ever going to be a caster versus a shooter, you have to learn how to progress and continue the load instead of shot putting and being surprised by that eventual backload which with a titan table feels like somebody's dropping a shoe on the end of your rod i have, uh, I have a question for you tommy because well, i i just acquired a new rod and it is super slow um uh-huh. are you, are you te- teaching the same concepts with that like i said i have a new favorite streamer rod and it's a butter stick if, if you have a softer rod you would complement that rod far more yeah far more by going to some triangle um i mean let's let's face it joan wolf She's I mean, amazing. I mean, a certifiable genius, so far ahead of it, but it was a caster in the rage us. I mean, again, the, these people see the right of casting lines instead of shooting them. 
And shooting lines, again, it's a great way to say, here's a fly line and where's your load. And it, and it sells on a parking lot, but we, we're getting further away. You know, you know how it's like you teach a guy how to use like a, a weight forward really well, but then you take him down the salt and the guide wants, you know, 70, 80 feet and two or three hauls, he'll fall apart. And the guy gives him a spinning rod. Um, and that's the difference. The guy who learns how to carry a fly line instead of shoot it, that's the difference. And, and every time we put all that drainage forward on the end of a fly line, and we lose that ability to manipulate the end of that fly line instead of bringing that taper back to the head and controlling the entire two-thirds to three-quarters of that forward. That's the difference. And does it take a, a moment to learn how to keep a continuous and fluid load? Absolutely. Absolutely. But that's fly fishing. This is this this is the worst way to catch fish. And it's a pain in the fucking ass. But Damn right. we love it because it begs that sport. It begs that that kind of achievement. And 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 can I get you to throw twenty-five feet a big fly with a weight forward? Sure, but I lose my presentation. If I put too much diameter and weight drainage near the top of my leader and I'm using a swim fly. My ability to create a slackened event following the post strip is forfeit because there is that continuous di diameter in the water, number one, and number two, constant weight of drainage pulling on the head versus using that triangle mentality and bringing that head back and diameters, you know, decreasing as it, as it moves towards the end of that. Now, when I create that slackened pop for the swim fly four ways to my one, I can get that. I can get that, but I can't do that if I'm just shooting a line. I mean, if we're just fishing the bank and the 15 feet off of it, like the rest of the zombies begging for the suicide hit, sure, go ahead, throw the weight forward. I, I prefer to cast the line. I prefer to fish a fly, and I prefer to fish that fly all the way back to my rod because I believe it's being watched. Because if you don't believe, the moment he comes and you're not ready, you know, how many times the guy's pulling flies out of the water. Oh, shit, there he was. You know, and it's mm -hmm. like if you would have been ready for that. And that going back to Rob Kinkoff, you know how many times I have to ask him over the course of the day, did you see one? Because his intent is so constant. It's just right there, right to the bitter end. The leader's in the rod. He's still tapping it around. He thinks it's going to come. And I believe, I look at his his posture, his, his, uh, his motivation, and I can see that intent, and I would mistake that for any other fisherman seeing a fish behind the fly and trying to test. You ever see that guy pull the fly all the way across? He looks like a zombie. Strip, strip, strip. And then he sees one come right in that bottom of the knife, right? He starts tapping it around, moving it, moving the rod right and left. Oh, he's right there. He's right fucking there. And he's freaking out and all this. Point of fact is if he fished the fly with that same idea of when the fish showed up yes. from the get-go, yes. he right. might have gotten that take out there and not had to deal with the fish looking at the Sawyers while he's trying to eat the fly. So when you're stripping your fly and when you're coaching someone to strip a fly, are you coaching the uh, the jerk strip technique or are you coaching <laughs> strip, strip, strip with the, the offhand, not the rod hand? What, what do you prefer? Correct. Very correct. Yes. Mm-hmm. Sorry, I think which, I just which swallowed is, it. Which is correct. <laughs> you you just swallow the beer. <laughs> oh, no, I, I got like a getting sunsetty around here. <clears throat> sorry. <clears throat> okay. Um, go, I'm sorry. Go as far as the presentation vet. Yeah, are value, you uh, a swim fly? Yeah, of a swim oh. a swim fly. Are you doing yeah. a jerk strip? Or you no. no. 
No, yeah. if I'm using a leaded fly, jerk strip works great because the lifting of a fly rod, then it's slackening, allows the you know the potential for that lead to do its job. Okay, you know, I'll Kelly's be, next dungeon is. I was going to ask about the same kind of like just the kind of back on Chad's like even you know would do you like even fishing a, a longer leader with you know a heavier fly and and a floating line at times? I mean for presentation. Well. What I mean, in the application of using a leaded fly and a long leader and a floating line, I think there's really no better way to fish a leaded fly because you're fishing the fly direct, which is different than a swim fly. When I fish a leaded fly, I fish directly to that fly head in the contact from that rod tip, which is why the lift and strip works. I accelerate it upwards through the column, and then I relax it so it falls back through the column. And that's its action. I mean, we can put a trail of a lot of, neat fuzzy shit behind that lead but it's still going to move about the same way um and when you say when you say a leaded fly you're talking something like a sex dungeon yeah or a barely legal my number one has i fish the wheels off the dungeon for a better part of my you know young life i mean i produce some fish like that and then we went up to alaska we saw the strip leeches and they got up to like six eight inches long so we started going there so we could throw the length but we we lost a little bit of the mass you know what i mean in that same respect, if you go up to the upper Manistee and throw a giant, you know, strip leech, it's not going to have nearly the pungent effect of that grizzly barred marabou. I mean, it's just very crawdaddy. And I believe that a leaded fly's impact or, or falling to a fish's proximity is part of its bite trigger. As much as people want to believe that the leech take, I believe that in Michigan, we have so many chestnut lampreys and they have this like same demeanor of color as far as the olives and the creams and and the, and the dark, you know, and, and basically the trout eat them and the chestnuts eat them. It, it's a nice, it's a good circle, you know, but as a chestnut were falling onto a fish, a fish would probably try and eat that before it hangs up on it. Cause I've caught fish on the upper Manistee that have got a dozen of those chestnuts on them when we put them in the net, look like Medusa <laughs> and, and, and they look like a big leech, but they're, and they're actually native. They're not the big sea lamprey that you're thinking of, of like Lake Michigan that are, upwards of you know 36 inches long and chewing holes through lake trout these are more of a kind of a surface uh uh, uh, scar that they leave these little chestnuts and they're tiny i mean we're talking about you know even the big ones don't have a mouth as big as your pinky nail so um when that falling leech uh dungeon whatever jointed woolly whatever is falling to that fish's proximity is taken out before it's allowed to attach with a swim fly. We beg a different, um, uh, kind of, uh, audience from that fish altogether. We are not trying to invade this fish's proximity so much as draw the predator at a different demeanor. You know, when, when I fish for pillows, when I was a kid, I was always fascinated when I was fishing in lower or very deep rivers. And we were fishing these number 13 black and, uh, gold repellas and, and, and there was 10 feet of water and it was dirty underneath these, these lures. And we would crank these things at ludicrous speeds. And these brown big ones would come up and swipe at these things five, six different times. And I'm thinking to myself, How the fuck does he even know that thing's there? I mean, this thing doesn't smell like a fish, doesn't feel like a fish, doesn't have any rattles in it. That's There's before the days of rattles. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and all this other stuff. And I'm thinking, what's it got? And, and that, that independent random flash I've narrowed down to the best application to mimicking anything that's injured or the off equilibrium of a fish wants to turn the belly of that fish upward 
and 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 Browns see that. And this is the difference between the guy fishing for the suicide bite and the guy that's trying to tip him over. The guy fishing the suicide throws that cast to the bank and he begs for that fish just to come on out and slug it. It you could have thrown a freaking tennis shoe over there. He had eaten that too. It, it didn't matter. The opportunity was enough because that fish was on step to kill whatever gave itself, a, you know, gave himself a target. And the difference being is there's a lot of fish in the midriff or the, the fall offs or the, the, the shallow edges or some lonely straw. We don't know. There's so many spots, but any one of those fish, be it a holding fish, a fish that's in that kind of mild state of predation, they can always be tipped over. It's almost like picking a scab. You got to get them to ooze. You got to peel them back. And that bow tension cast that we use, um, where we start using directional values with the streamer instead of, again, burning color. Um, the guy that is fishing that correctly throws that fly to the bank and he fishes that thing with such a randomness, a, such a inconsistency of presentation that the fish is at a loss for words and cannot read the fish's next movement. And that, that is part of what an injured fish does. It, it doesn't look right something's off anything with rhythm is, is is likely not injured but something without rhythm something that is squirrely and showing signs of fatigue or, or or you know offset or whatever whether that fish is in a state of predation or not it's kind of his job to go deal with that so you can tip that fish and that's what the suicide fishermen miss and so when you say the green guy gets lucky absolutely that's more based upon the barometric pressure and some fish sitting out on suicide and the guy got lucky and, and i wish i'd rather be lucky than good any day of the week hell yes <laughs> you're not going to catch a lot of fish being lucky you'll eventually get lucky and catch a nice fish but if you want to catch a lot of nice fish you got to throw your data back at it and you have to start plugging in some of the shit you see because if you do you'll see it more and if you do you can plug that data into the next and so on and so forth. So when a um, fisherman does a cast like you're talking about right there, and I'm trying to visualize this because we deal with a lot smaller water than you do, uh-huh. is he have essentially when that lines back to the boat, where is it? Because if I'm thinking in my, in my head, if I'm fishing a fly like that and I'm fishing it that erratic and that slow in the water that we're trout fishing, uh-huh. I'm going to have 60% of my line is going to be directly down below the boat by the time that I get that's, to that point. That's such a great question. And the values of the D based upon whether you're walking wade fishing, you know, uh, CFS, whether you're fishing from a boat. Yeah. Uh, do you All have that a, implies. Do you have, you know, are you, are you looking at the stars and hoping? I don't know. I would say for... And we should, we should, we should, do we have time to dive into this? Absolutely. I mean, we, have we have all the time in the world, can. Tommy. It's Friday <laughs> night. We're drinking beer and all going fishing tomorrow. What else have we got to do? <laughs> <laughs> that's right. That's right. Um, so, so here, here, here it is. If I'm floating with a boat and we talk about these slack values and the ability f- for the fly to kind of move four ways to my one in that slack uh, that's prepared post strip. If I have a, an oarsman that's constantly working those oars, just working you know what i mean and you throw that cast straight across or maybe even just a little bit downstream and that guy's working so hard that fly swings out like you're swinging flies for streamer out west on a river that's 200 yards across am i wrong mm-hmm. absolutely I'm not getting you perfect okay so yeah. a good oarsman a good oarsman is always fishing through that guy in the front mm-hmm. 
Gorsman stays with him. He's picturing that next cast. In fact, he makes his adjustments in between those intervals of casting while he's presenting so that he doesn't have to worry about the tree behind him. A good oarsman will keep a certain pace with that streamer so to guarantee that that fly comes where off to the front or better still, the side. If it's coming in at the side, you know you've got that slack, don't you? Because you're staying with the bug. Now you're fishing no bowline tension so much as the slack only between the rod tip and the fly. And that allows you to adjust all kinds of wicked action. I feel like I'm at a Sunday fucking service right now, Tommy. Preach it, bro. You know, <laughs> I love it. The funny part about this is, and like I do what you guys do, five percent of my fishing, ninety percent of it is with musky. But everything that you were talking about lines up one hundred percent exact. In this, what you're doing right now is what I'm doing with a trolling motor. I'm literally working that motor based off of where my line is to make sure I have direct contact with it, and that flies fishing the way I want. So if it eats, I'm in direct contact with the strip set, and I don't have any slack in my line. Well, even it, a good orphan knows this. He knows that, like, when you stick a good one, based upon the water you're in, dictates how he would react with the boat, wouldn't it? Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. So if you're fishing the Pine River and you poke a 15-incher, hell, you're not going to do much with the oars. You're going to let that guy lift him in. Now, if he hooks a 22-incher in the Pine River and that thing's moving out of class two, you better start pumping your ass downstream because the moment that fish gets to the front and he does that alligator roll, you're both ducking that fly, aren't you? Yeah. So uh, yeah, these are all learning moments. Hey, I mean, Tommy, um, you're you're talking okay. about the guy in the front. How often mm-hmm. do you guys have have a guy in the back, and how much attention do you pay to the way he's fishing? Oh, uh, it's different for the guy in the back. Save, and there's pros and cons to the back. The back is the best way to get what I call the bowline cast. And the bowline cast, as we move further into these streamer games, with everybody kind of getting into it, which is cool as shit, by the way. I think that's, you know. Not Euro nymphing. So, um, <laughs> far, advanced Chuck and Dustin, yeah. right? No, no. And, and you know what? There's nothing. I don't really want to throw too big of a rock at the Euro guys because, you know, a lot of those guys are getting an authentic bite, but they have taken the fly fishing right out the equation. You know, there's no more men, there's no more casts, there's, there's a high stick, and they, they beg it from stealth, but then they stand right over their hole. And, 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 and you know, and I, I appreciate that they are getting a bite, and it is a true drift. I mean, don't get me wrong. I mean, you're very much contact, and you can get a nibble. It's just like fishing a nightcrawler. I fish nightcrawlers the exact same way. I'm too short to Euro Nymph. <laughs> I'll, I'll, be standing, I'll be standing over yeah. top of my waders, I, I, dude. I think I'm just, I'm, just, I'm just too old to Euro Nymph. Yeah. <laughs> I, don't, I, I don't think I'm ever going to go. But that, that's not to say that I think my biggest bitch about that is just because there's such a a thin gray line between that and what Chuck and Duck is and, and the, the tragedy that is the Pier Marquette during the, you know, the uh, migratory spawning events here where, you know, thousands of guys dress up in thousands of dollars in Sims and Sage and Orvis gear and they go up there and they snag fish off that. I just think it's... Oh, God, it's, that's great. That's, you know, and I did that it. Is I did it for sure. And back then, nobody was saying, you know, this is this is off. And, and I, you know, it took me four or five years to realize that none of these fish are going to bite because they're they're fucking. And and we should give them that moment because they've eaten their entire life so they can have some peace and quiet for, you know, this four-day session. But, you know, rolling the indoors to, you know... So you must like center pinners then. Bite. What? All you must them. love center pinners then. Geez, they're, at least they're not that sinful. Oh, gosh, I love center pinners. You know why? Because center pinners get a bite. They're not looking to get a bump. 
You know, you can dress it up any which way. That that center pinner wants to get a bite. He's doing the best dead drift you can with a float. I couldn't do that with a fly rod on my best day. As far as I'm concerned, the center pinner is a beautiful individual. A lot better so than the guy that dressed up in $10,000 worth of gear, put on all the fancy stuff, bought the fancy rod, and snagged with with monofilament. Fucking egg-sucking leech. Beautiful. (laughs) I paid you you a favor, dollars $3,000 outfit, and he strings it with monovoids. Every warranty on the reel and rod that there is. But done. <laughs> Just so he can go out there and say, you see those big black things in two feet of water? Go put some split shot in front. You feel something fish, you give it a rip. You know? Rip. Let's face it. That is the, the standard issue trip around here. Through the, that's and our, it's, that's it's our steelhead alley steelhead fishing. I wanted to come out here this I got one. Hey, Tommy, I got a question. Go. <laughs> well, while we're all fired up, let's get in the mice. <laughs> can we do that? Go, go, go. I'm Yo, let's get into mice. Hold on. Uh, do you mice fish in the daytime? What do we even got one-year-olds? Or five, six-year-olds? I, I think there's places, you know, I don't know, in the application, you know, out west, obviously, where the you have growing seasons that are shortened. Alberta, Canada, I've seen a lot of that good window. Even on the Delaware, where you've got a, a, a strong mm. count and a, a little bit of a, let's call it a competition for food, I guess you could say. But, you know... The daytime mouse brown versus what I used to do in Alaska with rainbows is are two different worlds. Now, is there an event that I do like to kind of be around and try the mousing in the middle of the day? Sure. Uh, uh, in the middle of the summertime, we'll get a couple of thunderstorms back to back, and the, the river will get really dusty, but it won't get high. It'll just get really dirty because the roads were dusty. And so it doesn't get high, and the fish will be on streamers like no other. But it's on that window that I have had some success with the daytime mouse. Um you know, so having some tannin in the water or being in, in those areas, you know, everybody wonders why smallmouth bite like they do in, you know, the northern tier here. It's because they've got, you know, four months to put on their, an entire year's worth of food before they go. Back you know, our brown trout in Michigan, yeah. they, they feed 12 months of the damn year, you know, and they, they can be selective. So, you know, if I was fishing some river that I was sure that there hadn't been a fisherman in in three or four days, would I throw a mouse on the surface and have a little bit of hope? Sure. Um, would I go through the fly water with gin clear water in the middle of June and do it? Probably not. You know, that's just begging something that's, you know, eventually going to work, but maybe a little vain. You know, it's like throwing little tiny nymphs in high, dirty water. You know, you, you want to always fish your condition. And the reason we fish a, a mouse at night isn't just because it has the audience of what you would call the ease of it. It's because by definition, a brown trout is nocturnal. He's not a diurnal. He's not a rainbow. You know, we go down the Pier Marquette with grasshoppers in the middle of summertime, and the browns outnumber the rainbows about a thousand to one. And we'll go through and we'll catch as many fifteen-inch rainbows as we do brown trout. What does that tell you? Uh, the the rainbow is far less selective. Hmm. Right. Or he's out. Yeah, yeah he, he's Marquette, always looking. He's like, trying you know, to beat the, the competition. You know. You know like, you know, like out west, even when a fish is not feeding, he's still in the run. He's still nymphable. He's he, he's not subject to go not under hiding. some undercut bank gotcha. or, or log jam of, of, of yesteryear with bends every 200 yards that go under the banks like Dr. Seuss's bad dream. You know, it's uh, they don't have that luxury in, in most tailwater fisheries in, in, in places that we fish the mice, which are best done, um, you know relative to how much grass and terrestrial activity you have to how much water per square foot. 
On the Pierre Marquette, we have a ton of mouse activity. In fact, our grass doesn't even grow in the woods. It only grows at the riverbanks because that's where all the light and water is. So the stuff grows 10 feet tall in some spots, and there's a giant oat on the end that the mice are trying to chew off. So do we get mice out in the middle of the day chewing on it? Sometimes, but if you go out there at night, there isn't a peninsula you can't stand and count 10 on without hearing a mouse around your foot. So it's just like going for a hatch. You wouldn't show up, you know, for an evening hatch, you know, in the middle of the day. It's just, yeah. it doesn't, it doesn't work out as well. You want to fish your condition. And with a mouse, a mouse's best condition is a nocturnal one because you're fishing it to a brown trout that would consider a mammal as a source of protein. In mm -hmm. order to fish to him, you have to be out there in the dark because he's not out in the daylight. You can't even get a fly to him. Yeah, he's backed up in a log jammer. He is in oh, a yeah. log jammer or something. Yeah. Yep, yep. Yeah, good luck fighting him. He's, he he's under, himself. you know, yeah. You, you tried to get a fly to him, you'd burn off a dozen just trying to get within a yard of him, you know? Um, Unless it's you just find not a viable. Water. Now at night, and, you know, everybody wonders why streamers fishes so fantastically when the water's dirty. It's, it's a no-brainer. It's the same reason it fishes terrible when the water's clear. A predator is a predator. Yeah. A predator wants to pick his best window of opportunity and you're not going to find too many browns being able to sneak up on on bait fish smolt uh or the fact that there's no mice really swimming or maybe a frog i give you a frog baby but you know who knows the, the long and the short of it is 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 the likelihood of having a fish trying to hunt in a clear summer water scenario is not going to be when the sun is high when he's casting a shadow when every fish in the river can see him when you're walking down the river at night, have you guys ever looked around your ankles? No. Uh, I drink beer at night. That's cool. We, we go night fish. <laughs> I'm not, I'm we not we night fish for crappie and If walleye. you look around your ankles, the minnows, the crawdads, I mean everything. Everything that would be considered um, prey is, out. is so shallow that you literally have to kick it off your gravel guard just to get down the river because these fish are... It's just like orcas patrolling the beach. And the orcas don't patrol the beach until it's low light because the low light affords them the same thing that dirty water does for streamer. It allows them the ability to sneak up on shit. I mean, even on that, a simple level, I, I used to notice uh, in the when I used to fish uh, for smallmouth in the summertime, we wouldn't catch, we would be fishing even with uh, tube lures, with gear. We wouldn't catch anything throughout the day. And it, the uh, 45 minutes after dark to an hour after dark, I mean, we would just, you know, 16 to 17 inch fish one after another, you know, and it seemed like they were moving into the riffle, you know, as the, as that, as the, you know, night turned on, they would move up into the riffle and just start feeding on everything that was coming out. You want to talk about something clear as day, if you've ever wanted to see that, that transfer of, of motivation from a brown trout from a daylight to a, a nighttime kind of, of, you know, distinction, especially those trout that we want to tango with, um, up here we have that salmon fry and that salmon fry hatch up here is so prolific that even right now there isn't an eddy in the upper two thirds of the river that doesn't have 200 salmon fry or a thousand, you know, they're, they're tiny, but they're, you know, they're popping like popcorn. Anyways, throughout March, April, and maybe even the very earliest of May, when the water still has a nice color and flow, you'll just see these fry getting smashed in the, corners and they, people sometimes mistake it even for a dry fly take just because the browns are bum rushing them into that top inch of the column as they come underneath and kind of blow them up so to speak 
and they, and again, it's not a dry fly take. It is a fry crash, as we call it. Now, <laughs> at a certain point of the clarity in the Pierre Marquette will reach a level that not only are the fry getting just big enough to be kind of aware that they're being sniped like, you know, cheese it, but, but they're also their ability to kind of see it coming, you know, kind of comes with that same window. So everybody would say, oh, the fry bites off, the fry bites off, right? Uh, it, it really is. It's it just changed the dinner bell. And that dinner bell now is later in the day to in the dark, and you'll go out there and you'll swear there's a hex hatch going on because you're hearing all these fish busting the surface in the middle of the night. When it's 40 degrees out, you, you know very well there isn't a bug in sight. But what's going on is, is the the browns are actually taking advantage of the clearing water that they can't sneak up on the fry, and they use the darkness to do the same thing. So let's say you do have a trip booked for a day in, in let's say, March, and uh-huh. there's no no dirt in the water at all. It's, it's clear as a bell, and uh, we got bluebird oh. skies. What you, What's the tactic, man? What What do we do in March? That's all you can do is play to the fish that are out on the walls because fishing at night in March in Michigan is, you know. Yeah, you that, have a, that's dangerous. <laughs> well, yeah, you go yeah. down to Arkansas in February, you can pull it off because the nights are 40 degrees, and if you don't have ice in the guys, it's still just fine. But, you know, here in Michigan, you know, March, overnight lows are not above freezing. So uh, uh, is there a time of year or when they wouldn't take them out i really just don't think so i mean if you if i can go down to the white river in arkansas that's 150 yards to 200 yards across and fish a tiny little mouth in city to urban like conditions um and they still will take the mouse just out of you know it's like you i mean if somebody floats a cheese it in front of you and you're sitting on the i mean you're gonna eat it i mean and 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 that's that's I mean, uh, I got a 31-inch brown down there fishing a mouth in the middle of the night. You know? Uh, Walking down. You know? 31? Only 31? A 31? Well, no. No, I've gotten what? I've gotten one, two, three. I've gotten... So I've gotten seven down there at or over 28 in the dark. And two of those have been at the 30. One over... And, and I can tell you, um, as far as sorting brown trout, as far as the application in, in, in you know, because we always like to, when we go fishing, it's, it's that, that kind of anticipation for cast, I call it. That's how we bottle up, you know, you know, like when you're getting your gear ready and you're, you're kind of getting a little fired up. We always, I always narrowed that down to the anticipation per cast. Like if you said you were going to some pond in the backyard of some dude that, probably didn't have any fish in it you went cast you'd probably still go cast but you wouldn't have that anticipation you go to a place like arkansas and you fish a, uh really anything in the dark i mean be it a streamer or a surf fly or what have you the anticipation of that audience from a trout is so it's it, it's it's almost it, it's palpable i mean it's 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 so i mean every i mean i streamer fish harder than most guys i know and I love streamer. I love watching a streamer come through. I even love watching them come up behind it. Um, and, and there is that visual aspect of seeing them do it and teasing them into that predation. And then you scoop them up. And, it's, and, and, and I like that. There's, there's so many fine points. But when we talk about streamer fishing, we also beg for that bite in the time of day that is least likely for him, and that being the one, to be out. 
when I go out at night, because I have fished as much as I have at night, my confidence in the night is 20-fold what it is in the daylight. And, and this is coming from a guy that'll fish that fly with faith. Do you, always, do you always go out for the one? Mm, I go to cast. The idea that I'm going to catch the one every time I go out is absurd. Again, I'd rather be lucky than good. My greatest appreciation of this sport these days is, is the idea of how a fly could come through the water, its, its audience's perspective of that fly, and then the cast and presentation kind of entailed with making that happen. Serious. If, if it all comes together with a 15 incher or a 20 incher, you are. It's all, oh, go, go ahead. Sorry. You're a big believer that the everything outside of clear and plain conditions is a a, a step up, right? That no, that's no. what you, no. I, I mean. You bag you, a giant brown trout in the middle of the day on a grasshopper, you the man. Well, I mean, <laughs> I mean, I mean you want to, you want to, you want to go for the big one when. He's not at his best when you when there is that color when there is that water when when there is that night cover that when there when is he, that audience and frame of mind again you know if I go out there and fish the White River in low clear water to a predator that knows that when the water comes on he's going to go to the wall and kill everything why would he waste his time trying to sneak up on shit in clear water and therein. What is the likelihood of that fish then being in a state of predation in that condition? Not. He is not turned on. It's like going and fishing the evening hatch in the middle of the day. Why would you beg that? You, you don't. You show up when he... We're a slave to this, this fish's mood. We are asking a fish to take fur, feather, flash, and chicken <laughs> as food. and we are doing it the hardest way possible already with a fly. We're not stinking it. Doesn't feel like it. Doesn't smell like it. It's simply going to look like it. So when we choose our window of angle, we should choose it appropriately. No different than we would choose a material on a fly or the discretions that we would use to present the fly. We should always keep in mind that we are a slave to his timeline. And I've learned fishing in Michigan, and with as much wood as we have, is you show up when he's not out and you make as many great casts as you can, that's a great day of casting. But fishing comes when you plug in those variables. And that's why we would show up for an evening hatch when it's appropriate, not when it's not. So, hey, Tommy, we're, we've been talking about night fishing and evening hatches. Um, we're, we're just, uh, we're rookies to this trout in the boat and dusky situations. Um, when you go out night mousing, are you in a boat? Are you wading? What, what do you do? And how, I know, you know, the river, I know, you know, how do you row it at night? I mean, that's, that's a whole nother level. That, that's actually a funner, uh, question to ask some of the young guys. coming up. <laughs> uh, they don't, they I guess don't, we're the I'm young guys. Cheating. <laughs> I, I'm cheating because I got the mental map in my head, and I've I've got the OCD, ADHD, what are all those things. Anyways, with the um, OG, so I'm yeah. fine kind of. Do <laughs> I smoked him. I smoked too much to remember our Creek. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so you know, it's it's like you know, um, as far as the night fishing goes, uh, uh, when I'm by myself, I prefer not to use a boat. Um, the way I 
get better as a night guide is I not only find an area that has fish, but I also try and distinguish which one of those fish is larger so that when I come down with a client, I don't have to um, dissect an entire hundred yard beat so much as throw it behind that stick and throw them in. And that's why, because resident Browns are like that. Resident Browns allow you to gain their address and then, and then try and bring it to them. And then you knock know what on I mean? Door. Instead of throwing three cheesy casts above him, wising them up so that when you do throw it to him, he's already savvy. So these are fifth age. Some of these things can vote, you know. The, I mean, <laughs> so I, I have a question about the. Like, you might not help in the current, but uh, go ahead. I know I have a question about the brown trout you have because we also, you know, in in our tributaries to our larger lakes, we have brown trout as well, but they they go out into you know they're not residents. Um, well, they're, they're migrating, right? They're coming in and out of like estuaries or lakes and moving up into yes, rivers or yes. whatever. Yes. But like your resident, like your resident brown trout, how, I, I don't know. Like, do you think that they move in and out more? Do you think they just stay in the same place all year? I have, you know, even in even our, our fishery. Do you do you think a, in a smaller? I can say Fred lives right here. Fred Tim lives right there. I've got names for them. They get over twenty three inches. I get a name for them. I watch them grow until they die. Okay, so let's say that you have a big river system. That is, yep. let's take, I mean. Let's I, say what uh, river size. Okay, you're going to take the white river size river, and then you're going to have a feeder coming off of it that is probably half the size of a Pierre Marquette. It, in okay. turn, has multiple feeder rivers going into it. Uh-huh. Would you anticipate uh-huh. them fishing a fall running up into that stream to go to go spawn? Or do you anticipate there is that migration for spawning? No, I'll, I'll, I'll give you spawning. We've even seen our residents in the PM move around for the spawning, but then post spawn, they go right back so, to their. But you know, you, well, now are you figuring then a lot of the resident fish are staying in that this one or then coming time. down? No, 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 I'm not talking about the spawning Here, time. I'm me, talking like, are you are you feeling like a lot of them resident fish that are in that creek now are coming out of the feeder creeks and then just residing in there then? In the PM or the the white. No, I mean like in like a PM type situation. Our, our, our fish are not our, our fish are not moving. I mean, I don't know if if you, if you knew the PM. I mean, you know, like I can come down and say right behind that bush. I mean, I can say this two hundred yards away. I said you're going to look behind that bush and there's a rock and it's green top and there's going to be a brown about twenty four inches behind it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And when you come behind it, he's right there, and he'll he'll adjust to the boat long sometimes long before even the angler can see him because they're so savvy to seeing boat traffic. But is he there? Yeah, sure. Where you, does he retreat to? Of course, he goes right back up under the log jam of, of, of you know, dark dreams and and lore, uh, you know, and 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 then you wait two hours and he comes back out, you know. So. So you named that twenty-four inch trout Fred, and he named you Tommy. <laughs> you know, he reacts. Don't, he says, "Don't sure, think for the a second that on the White coming. River there isn't that same type of thing happening." Oh, sure. But it, you also want to think about a fish's holding spot versus his predation lane. Like he may go live in a corner or under a jam or in a deep hole, but that's not his. That's not his killing field. That's just his place of just you know. That's that's the couch. He did, he's not out. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's a Netflix yeah. and chill spot. You're right, man. <laughs> right, Absolutely. right, right. He's not down there. You know, and, and it's not until that fish moves up into a, a strategic positioning, and that's why you often see brown sitting right on that lip not right off of the shallow but kind of as it progresses into the deep so that they can watch the bottom debris get focused through and they can still wait for that 
you know, that minnow or crawdad that's coming off the shallow. And it's like, what time is it, Mr. Wolf? You know, and sooner or later, he just comes out and snipes it. So you and, think you uh, can pull that couch, that, that fish off the couch, though, and put him into that predation situation? And that's the difference between the zombies and the guys that are fishing the fly. That is a very, that's, that, there's, there it is. You want to know the next evolution of streamer fishermen? When I was a kid, you could slap shit on the water. If it was yellow or white, you didn't even have to strip it. They come up and smoke it. When's the last Yay. time you saw that? Thanks for reminding us. Yeah. Fuck you. Yeah, we we were, and, and earlier on the questioning with Mark and I, we're just trying to... I, I, fish a, I fish a stream consistently for brown trout, and we're just trying to, you know, I'm trying to get better at it, to be completely honest, and I want to be better at it. You're, you're, it's, it's a tough place to fish. It's very fast-moving water, and we're just, you know, trying to bang your head a little bit to try to maybe improve our fishing, to be completely honest, okay, or my fishing. Okay, there you go. So if you, are you guys doing a little bit of walk and wade with these? Meat? No, it's mostly, it's on my raft. He mainly just spooks them first raft? with his and I, boat. Uh, well, so we, 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 no, we, we, no, we stop. We stop a lot. Sorry, go ahead. Go ahead. I'm sorry. We're, no, no, we we're, stop a bit and we'll we'll, we'll even uh, anchor fish out spots and you know just just I don't know even when you anchor you know the fish the your fly is fishing so much differently when you anchor to yeah. when you're moving down the river you know and all this is just oh, you're bouncing down you're kind of doing like a drag yeah absolutely you're doing a swing or a drag yeah okay. So but. let's go back to, you know, we talked a little bit about the boat and the good oarsman and if you can stay with that slack, right? Mm -hmm. So if you're fishing a stationary position or a moving but far slower than the mainstream current positioning, you're still subject to the same um, needs for slack, okay? And, 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 and here's how you combat that. And, and a lot of people would say, well, you just came through a piece of water. Why would you throw it just upstream and then bring it down? And this goes back to if, if he is actually a predator brown and he is a nocturnal brown, which all browns are, then the likelihood of being close to the bank is probably spot on, you know, because if it's super fast out in the center, he's blowing way too many calories waiting for the happen. But if he holds that bank edge, this is a Western approach, mind you. you know, like in the spring when they have their runoff, there isn't a whole lot of play out in the middle of the river. It's just the same with white. You know, when you fish the white at 10,000 or even 8,000 to 15,000, you, you can fish this fly in its entirety all the way to the boat. Beyond 15,000, the flows in the center of the white get so hot. They're just moving. I mean, that you've seen it. I mean, it's blowing water. Those fish Hell are yes. pushed to the wall. And they're not just pushed. They're encouraged to go to the wall because with that added water and flow, all of the bait is pushed also into that yeah. shallow. And now they also have the cushion of dirtied water, muddied water, debris-filled water, whatever it is. They can sneak up on shit again. So whether it's dark or night, the dinner bell is on because of that condition. So if you're fishing your super-fast water and your proximity to the slow water is a shortened value, then you have to find a way to fish more of that slow water per cast versus throwing it straight across, burning two feet of it, and then making another cast, mm -hmm. which is a lot of standard issue fishing for a lot of Western fishermen. They're getting into this trolling thing I hear now out there where they basically throw the flies upstream and they kind of jig them back down. You know, the flies are essentially upstream of the boat and they're, they're jigging the lead flies down the wall. They lose a lot of flies doing it, but it, it's productive. I, that's what I've been kind of, uh, we talked to Kelly, but a month or so ago, and I've been fishing more flies back down to me just to 
get the amount of depth I need that I feel I need to present, you know, create that presentation, even on like a bank, like a deep bank where that water is running hard. And you know, that fish is sitting right off that bank in a little seam seam or in in whatever little slack water he has there, he'll be sitting there and it's hard to present, you know, put a good presentation to that fly with, you know, an upstream mend, upstream mend, upstream mend, or whatever you got to do. I think fishing back down toward yourself would probably be better. Even a mend back out into the water. And then okay. maybe down okay. toward yourself? Or, I know uh, right where you're going with it. And, and, and if I were fishing a leaded fly in that kind of flow, I would fish that way. If you're going to fish a swim fly in the same condition, which, let's face it, I mean, if you start getting into a little bit longer leader and all that stuff, now you're getting a little away from the premise of a swim fly, which is its ability to swim. If you have a shortened area, you now need to have that fly in an area that is selling, not just coming back through the water and waiting for the next cast. So, in Kelly's description of the, the troll or, or the, the, the walk back downstream from the bank to us with a leaded fly, that's very correct because it keeps that, that leaded fly along the bank and dragging as you're doing the lift and pop and still waiting for the suicide. Now, difference being, if we fish a sink tip line of 300 grains or 200, whatever, yeah. and we have all of that lead, if we're, if we're fishing all of that lead and then we're fishing lead on the fly, and we're fishing a contact jig action to a leaded fly, does the sink tip do us any justice? No, because I think you, you can't, can't mend the, it. I think you can't mend it. Yeah. You can't manipulate right. the fly it's as a well. Very, it's, a very moot, it's a very moot item. I mean, you can help it maybe get you an extra foot of water, but by the time the smoke clears, the fly is achieving most of the depth based upon the angle at which you're bringing it down. Now, in the same context, if I were to fish a bowline cast, which is the same way that I fish on a walk presentation, and that is to say that I do also go upstream, but instead of walking it back, I would then let that line relax along that bank edge, which, let's face it, is the sweet spot, and now let that fly come down and downstream facing with a fly that I'm fishing the line and not the fly direct. So if my fly is just upstream, most people would turn that fly directly at the flying surf, just ripping it towards them, right? But the point of fact is if you're going to fish a swim fly in that kind of condition or a western habitat where there is that long track, it's better still to put the U in the line, point the rod almost downstream and just to that bank where you're fishing no rod bend. And you're only fishing the slack of the line from the tip of the rod to the water where that slack is allowed to occur post-strip because you're following that line. But the slack is guaranteed because the fly is upstream. Okay. So if I fish the fly to left direct, then the fly tracks to where the sink tip occurs. And that's where the back of the boat really comes into yeah, play. I have, yeah. That's where the back of the boat really comes into play. Yeah, that's right. For sure. So, Tommy. Yeah, I like that. Our money. Nice. And I like I that, buddy. Thanks. Yeah, that's, no. It's, <laughs> no, dude, you have like blown our minds more times than most other people that we've talked Hold to on, lately. Go check. Great. Go check. So, Tommy, if that happens... How does the person in the back of the boat keep his rod off of the oar? You know what I mean? Cause it- it's a great question. And, and again, and your oarsman has a lot to do with this. Now, first and foremost, if you have two guys fishing, the guy in front takes center stage. The oarsman always fishes the guy in the front. The guy in the back is secondary to that, that uh, primary, okay? Yeah. And, and in that respect, he chooses his cast based upon that line. Now, if you throw a cast upstream and you're working a bowline, now 
instead of just having a fly coming one way, because if we fish a leaded fly, it's coming one way. It's coming down the river back to the boat. But if we fish a bowline cast, now the fly is going to trek down that seam, down that bank, turn across the seam, mm -hmm. and start coming up, and then rise through the cup. Now I have two, two to four different directional mm -hmm. on one cast. Yeah. You ever you ever go walleye? Fishing? No. When, when you're walleye, walleye fishing, fished. they bite on the turn, don't they? Yeah. You know, when in the boat, they, it's it's that directional. It mm -hmm. it creates a hurry up in the indecision of that trout's. Uh, it's inconsistency. To decide whether to pounce or to simply chase. And let's face it, if you see him chasing you, you're probably not going to get him. He's already got his guard. If he wanted it, you shouldn't have seen him before he swiped it. <laughs> That's when a predator has been sold, not when he's considering. Too many people mistake that. Everybody sees one flash instead of three flashes. He didn't miss it. He refused it at high speed. There's hmm. a difference. If you see him following it and you want to throw that fly the next hour, that's your prerogative. But if if I saw that, I don't know if I would change my fly, but I would certainly change my presentation a little. Because if he was able to watch it for that amount of time and I couldn't tip him over, be it the water temperature keeping him a little slower or... I wasn't bringing it fast enough because it was hotter. All these variables should come in instead of saying, I saw one, I'm going to stay with it. No, no, that's incorrect. Nor do I believe in changing a fly every five or ten minutes. I mean, the lack of confidence in any one fly that you would put on is gone. How do you believe in anything if it's not out there long enough to gain some faith? So if I saw a fish swipe at it twice, I, I would keep that faith. If I saw him swipe at it once and I fished it another 10 minutes, I might take it off or I might change something in my presentation. More often than not, people want to change their fly. And if a fish can be tipped into a state of predation, it matters really not what so much as how it's being presented to tip him over. So, so hey, hey, I don't I I'll, if I change my fly, it might be two or three times a day. And, and do I have a few favorites? Um, you know, per season, you know, based on the temps and data and you know, sure. But, you know, if, if I get to my fourth or fifth fly change and I'm still, this goes back to, is the barrel working for me today? You know, it, it, you can want all you want, but at a certain point they have to be in play and percentages dictate that, you know, everybody thinks about that bite when it comes and goes, Oh shit, man, I smoked him on this fly or that it wasn't the fly. It was the bite that day. It was the bite that day, and 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 I think people need to look at it for what it did, and, and stop looking at it from our angle at the water, and more, more from their angle looking up. People thought about it more like that. They'd fish a fly with more faith because they'd idealize that fish behind the fly. They would. I think I'm a, I'm an enigma when you're talking about that because when we're musky fishing, like last mm -hmm. weekend, if I see a fish. That fly staying on the rest of the day, you know, rest one, of the week, bar none. That fly staying on. I have it sitting in my truck dashboard right now. Um, right but if I'm out trout fishing and I catch a fish, that motherfucker's coming off right now, and I'm trying something different, you know. Uh, I don't well, always and, know and that. There's some truth to that. You know, always get, no. gather more cattle, you know. I, find out what's not just working, but working better. You know, there's, you know, that's the Larry Dahlberg. I love that one. Him and. Uh, What's that guy's name? The saltwater Pat Seabill. Yeah, they're on. They're on some boat and they're talking about it. And they're, you know, you know, you, when you go out to a body of water that you're familiar with, and you notice that there's actually a bite that day. Um, an anchor's job isn't to just stick 
what's catching fish, but more so to change. Change learn, a bunch. Learn. This is the day that you change yep, because you know the bite's on it. Find out the what D &D stands is out. That, the bug, everything's going to work. The D&D is the fly that always works for us the best on that day. It, to be completely honest, it is the fly. Well, like, well, tomorrow, the only tomorrow I'm, my, my wife's going to be throwing action. a D&D tomorrow, it's, first thing in the morning. That's why I order them off you, Tommy, because they work. You're damn right. They work great, man. I love them. But, just, I, but it's it's not some, you know, hallelujah. I mean, it's it's really just a knockoff of what a Rapella does. It's that inconsistent random and, flash. You can do it a thousand different ways. But, and, I mean, Our Western Pennsylvania fish haven't seen it as so, much as, you know, your Michigan fish, you know? Well, that being, oh, though, no, we had a, It doesn't matter. I ran a trip on the uh, on the PM what was it, three days ago. I had a neophyte to the streamer, and he's still got three fish over 18 so boom and you know so you know as much as it's being fished how many people are fishing it correctly you know it's like going to the river with the best nymph in the world if you fish it with a swing all day it doesn't really matter how good it is so, right. you know in the right hands and the right mindset a d will stand out and this going back to you know my buddies in town uh, you know these guys are all great guys great fishermen in their own right and when i go fishing with them they all roll fish and they catch fish to their own extent i'm six or seven to one out of them and i'm old and fat so <laughs> yeah um, it's, it's not really what you can do rod so much as what you believe it could do and that belief causes you to fish differently and it's that like going back to king cop he fishes differently than 90 percent of my client base 90 now it took me a few years to get him to to a point where I mean I have to like nitpick on presentation points just to you know make it feel like I'm still getting paid for something. The guy's just <laughs> good now. I mean he draws up fish in, in sections that you know you look him in the eye and I said you know if we roll a dozen in a day I'm going to be really happy. But if three of them are over twenty, then we did our job. You know what I mean? And 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 he'll go to that section. He's open throwing all day for that you know four or six opportunity day if if that potential to see a, a better fish is there. And let's face it, if we're throwing bigger streamers, we're not nymphing anymore. Nope. We're not looking for brook trouts and, mm -hmm. and, and Tanaka beds. We're, we're actually looking for a fish that, hey, damn, I wish I remembered my eight weight today. That's the one we're looking for. And, and, and instead of kind of showing up half-cocked, as many do, with all the right stuff and, and all the wrong mindset. You know what I mean? You know, if you believe that it's being watched, you start fishing the fly differently than just being that, you know, trying to plug in this or that, and then it just works. You know, the D works because that's just yeah. no, uh, random. With a, we've been fishing with a guy lately, and we've fished our local trout stream with him, and, you know, uh, through... I said, hey, you know, have the confidence in this. This is going to work. I swear. He'd never heard of a D&D. He'd never heard of a D&D &D before. Him. And, 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 and he puts the thing in the water... And I pulled out the best one I had in my box, and I, I give it to him, you know, I tie it on there. We had the, the, the right fly line, and and I'm like, dude, just have the confidence in this. This works. And he, man, he starts swinging this fly, and he's like, oh, my gosh. This fly is amazing. And it, it hooked a giant brown. It was that now picture, you could, now the picture you of smallmouth I sent you, Tommy. For him, yeah, oh, I, I didn't tie the leader on it. I was say, now if you should have. Yeah, I, I would have should have tied the leader on Luke? myself. I should have hey, tied the fly myself, too, yes. You those like eight nine foot leaders if you guys are fishing those tight quarters you guys should back it down to like you know four to six that's oh we have like we a do. yeah we have a really tight yeah. leaders and uh, when we're fishing the D and D's with heavy like almost t19 t t19 
ski something on the on the heads because you have to get it down like now. Oh gosh. Uh, so I don't know. You guys privy to the lines? You guys want to have a little line chat? Yeah, shoot. Oh sure, That's man. Real. Yeah, I want to listen to all of it. I need okay, to learn so everything I can. Let's talk about let's let's talk about the lines and and why we would. It's it's just like golf clubs these days. You know, there we don't just have one teeny series of you know red orange or white you know we, we've got so many choices now you know and 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 to say that airflow is in front and center on that triangle mentality with the sink tips in mind oh i you know if you're fishing swim flies and not fishing an airflow line well you might be and and, and not just airflow but but less than than weight forward airflow more you know the closest thing that we get to in a weight forward design is what we call the streamer max short which guys plugs in where you're at in so many ways and i'm going to tell you why so if you're using a four to six foot leader and and everybody wants to put some lead in their fly to fish the fast little pocket seam over there you know that that is an option especially when it's just such a tight and little area but if you start fishing the lines instead of the flies direct then you start you walk into kind of like a different church and and with that 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 different mindset angle of rod even the motivation of the rod's action to the fly everything is is flipped so when i fish that swim fly in a tightened quarter instead of trying to tighten uh that weight to the fly maybe i should just tighten that weight around the head now kelly kind of did it in a different way kelly went ahead and put basically a level line sink tip which i loved his original deal the long the 250 we still use it on the muskegon it's a great 30-foot head. A lot of the clients can pick that one up as a long line for the first time. You know, instead of trying to ask them to cast a beach or a 40-plus, which have heads that you're going to need a caster to get it, you know, start getting through that one because it doesn't feel like a shoe loading up on the end of your rod. And, and that's what – oh, and, and sorry, I'm getting away from that. So going back to your river, if I have a shortened, condensed amount of lead, even if it's a lessened amount of lead, but it's concentrated, and I don't have a handler that would would manipulate that concentrate, because as you get more and more weight forward, you lose the control, because at a certain point in the cast, only the runner is in the rod, so you have no real control on the head, because it's, it's out there already. It, it, you can't really mess with it outside of its timing. Um, if I condense lead into a forward area, I should then, just like a spay fisherman considers, use a head that would manipulate that concentration of the lead. And in that respect, a max short made by the airflow might be the finest. And I do mean finest as far as, you know, uh, if you guys are as tight as I think you are, you're doing some roll casting. Oh, we'll and, do everything we can. Yeah, <laughs> man. You're fucking A, man. I'm going <laughs> to present it every way I can out there, man. So if I have a 30-foot head know. in a river that's 35 feet across, and I'm only interested in the first 15 or even 10 feet of that bank, and I'm using a 30-foot head, did I just come to the you know, party with the wrong dress on or what? You yeah, know man, what I mean? You that, had a mini skirt when you needed a... a a ball gown. That's exactly right. That's exactly right. So instead yeah. of taking this 300 grain line and spreading that grainage out over 300 feet, let's take 200, concentrate it, and then we'll put a big old fat handler on it so we can do something with it. So with a max short, you have an 18 or 16 foot forward part of the head. Now, 
a 200 grain line in, in a body of water that you're talking about in most cases on three, on a 30 foot head would be spread out far too much to get any amount of real depth or type seven like sink out of that line because that grainage is spread out over 30 feet instead of concentrated 100%. in half of it. 100%. So if I have a handler now that will manipulate that concentration of high grainage, I don't need as much lead to get the same effect. And now I have something that will manipulate it because if the further I get way forward, the more dangerous a line huh. becomes. It's because of the force tailing loop that wants to occur. Now, if you're only making a 20-foot splash to the bank and ripping it back, it really doesn't matter how long your head is or anything because you're only casting the first 10 feet off the end of your rod, right? Yeah, exactly. So a weight forward matters not. But as soon as you have to cast somewhere, that's where it starts factoring. That's like a line equivalent of going from a clouser to a dubbing head. (laughs) You know, I I mean, let's take the 30-foot heads we've been using. That's like a dubbing head. Now you're talking to Streamer well, Max, and that's like putting a clouser on the end of it and getting it right down to where they want to be. Right, and your content. So it's like this. So let's say most of our eight weights right now are set up to run anywhere from, let's say realistically, 250 to 325 without getting into the mm-hmm. backbone of the rod wailing away if we're throwing a big fly, right? Yep. So in that window of, of ideal if we have 30 heads and we're throwing these 300 grain lines and we do have to throw that distance and we're tracking a fly along with instead of just across the bank now this is where the longer heads are great correct like yeah. if i'm fishing the white at 10,000 cfs that and i need to make a 120 foot cast and i'm hoping that that bite occurs at in or, or outside of 60 feet because let's face it inside of 60 feet he saw the boat so yeah. all those guys that are hammering that 60 to 80 foot cast and feel like Superman, well, in a small river, you would be. But on the White River, they they kind of they know how much change is in your pocket. You know, at that <laughs> distance, it's too close. It's they, they see the shadow of the boat. They see all the little fish. Your boat shadow is moving down river long before they even see the shadow of the boat. Yeah. They see all this because the topography of that river allows them to look across a wide span versus a pocketed river. A pocketed river doesn't allow this. A pocketed river lets you fish that down and away right alongside the boat because the fish is ditched five feet down. It's ankle deep up to the rim of that thing. Can he see over the rim of that? Uh-uh. Now you can fish right there. <laughs> see so, I, I can and that right seems to be the, the consensus, too. I mean, like, <clears throat> on a different note, I mean, uh, coming soon, I have an Airflow Depth Finder 700 coming. And it seems that more people we talk to is leaning towards the same thing. I mean, just say these Airflow lines are, they're incredible. We've, well, we've went I got through to tell lots. You we've went through you dozens guys, and dozens. If you guys, uh, you know, and I've got a half a dozen, I mean, I know Chris Wellen. And he's he's in with SA, so you know he's going to go that route and all this other stuff. You guys throw bigger fly. I mean, I go to the white and I throw a four out, and that's still like a guppy compared to some of the shit that Willie's throwing. And in that respect, if we need that grainage, which let's face it, if we're throwing these giant Bufords and stuff like, we need that grainage. We do. If you don't have a handler to control that forward grainage, mm-hmm. what's the point? It's just loose and feels weird. You ever pick up, you know how like when you're picking up those big musky flies with 30-foot heads that first pull out of the water when it jacks behind you for the back load? 
feels like it rattles the real seat loose. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah. I mean, like, yep. Now I'm and running a depth charge Orvis. Now is it is it significantly that big of a difference between same the shit, same shit. Thirty yeah. thirty foot head, uh, mild taper. You know, um, yep. you guys, and, and I'm you. You can call take two of these and call me in the morning. But they they make a three hundred and eighty grain max short. Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. Now you would say, oh God, musky shit, man. I I need five six hundred. No, you don't. No, because this is half half. Yeah. You condense 380 grains in 18 foot. And that's going to load what a 10, like a solid 10 weight then with that much push forward. 10 11, I, I, I don't throw the 280. So we, there's a 280 they make, take a 280. And I like throwing that with a nine and not an eight. That's a 280. Okay. So that's kind of like the same, like con- that. the same concept oh, that yeah, I, OPST is doing with their commando heads. Real compact and short. No. No, and I'll tell you why. And, and 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 the church is the same because all space fishermen have to abide by this because of our roll roll cast D loop uh, prescription, which is to say that a back cast guarantees load no matter what. Correct? If I jack it back behind me, it's going to load up. Yeah. Hell with yeah. Space, with space fishing, you don't have that luxury because there is no forward until a D loop is built. Mm-hmm. That's why they use the head. Right. If there is no D loop, you can have no forward. There is no load. Without D loop, there is no load. So the difference between a roll cast and a back cast is far harder. Okay. A so back cast. Oh, go, go ahead. Sorry. No, 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 no. Go ahead. Keep going. Finish that. A back cast is guaranteed simply because I pulled that thing from the water and then it came behind me and then loaded the rod and gave me that sense of load. If I don't properly load a D loop, I will never have that sense of load and therefore no forward. So those space fishermen know that if they're going to fish a concentrated amount of lead and fish it correctly, and that is to say the harder cast of which is a roll, and a spade cast, let's face it, is a glorified roll, they need a head that would fish that concentration of lead. Do you know what I mean? And, and therein, this is where the Max Short plays into that same idea. Here's here's a, here's one that's going to knock your socks off, and this is what's you'll go buy three of them after I say this one. They're already off. So just so you know, yeah, <laughs> no, we don't. We, we're not wearing I, I, socks. So so you you know how when you're musky fishing in the river, okay? Uh-huh. And we talk about swim flies, and you know, like you're fishing a mini D. Let's say you're fishing a, my very smallest D. It's on a size four forward. It's got a six stinger. I don't even trust it for steelhead because it'll bend out. Tiny little thing. And this is I'm gonna I'm gonna throw it right. The jerking of the gerbil. <laughs> Thank you, so, Tommy. You just uh, want me a bet. This is what I tell everybody well, ever that comes we're, on my boat. You jerk it like a gerbil. Any little, that little fingertip action with that, it's far different than if I'm throwing a 5 out triple where I need to lunge that forward progression to get that full 12 to 14 inches of fly to swim out, correct? Yeah. Because if I were to do the same thing to a mini D, all it would do is spin, correct? Yeah. The head... The head is overpowered by the strip, whereas with a 5 ot that would be hard to do. Now, when you're throwing giant Bufords, this is all about, this This is what I'm trying to get the, to is about the drag of the water, the bowline tensions and stuff that I don't think enough people are factoring in when they consider swim fly activity. If I have so much parachute, that is a musky fly. Let's face it, it's a cat. Um, if I have that much water drag on a fly, have you ever noticed when you're using these longer heads, even if they're weight forwarded, 
that if you have a bowline, first you need to strip the slack before the tension is is gratified to the head of the fly, then the action pow, correct? You get no action out of the fly whatsoever. That's correct, because you cannot fish so much parachute through a line that is so thin and then yeah. cuts back you, through the water you gotta pick to that fly to strip before the tension is yep. there, correct? Yep, 100%. Am I with you? Are you with me? Yep. Yeah, we're with you. If I have a high diameter handler, okay, uh, let me I'll back that up. That might have been a little reach. Um, yeah. So if I have a thin line, a low diameter line, and I have a high parachuting fly, that is to say there's a lot of drag from my fly in that mm-hmm. water because it is a larger fly. If I strip to give that fly a forward pow shot forward, like a, a lunge or a, a, or a, a chuck or a jive, if I do this, I first have to make sure that I have the tension into that fly head because if I don't, it's a moot action. It moves the line and not the fly, correct? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Okay. If I'm fishing a higher diameter, the traction of that higher diameter in the water allows you to jack the fly without recovering the tension of the line direct to the head before it's yeah. allowed to. So you're allowed your line water and fish that bigger fly because the diameter keeps the traction in check so that the tension is there for that action. Which would be the equivalent to fishing a fast sinking line and fishing as soon as it smacks the water and stripping fast. That would be... Um, say that one more time. So like, let's say like you have a fast line. Rather than letting it get down in the water a little bit and creating a little bit of a belly you got to pick up... Is soon you feather the line with your hand as soon as it hits the bank, you're already stripping as that line's landing. So that that's cre- right. Yep. That's the direct route. Yep. Now, as you know, when you're fishing a lot of your musky water, mm-hmm. Chippewa drainages and what have you, there's some chop. In fact, some of the sweet spots are usually the tailouts of those little chop areas, right? Mm-hmm. Anywhere where there's current, if you're throwing a musky fly, to some level, bow tension is going to occur post strip, no matter um, what you yep. do. What I'm saying is, is that when you go to give that second action, instead of having to strip a slight amount of tension to the fly, then the action, you already have traction so that the tension is there. So you don't. So you get to swim the fly at your speed instead of cleaning up that butter knifing thin diameter, which would be great for a mini D because of that lower diameter in that. You know what I mean? But, but for those big flies, the bigger the fly, the bigger the diameter of the handler controlling the concentrated amount should be so that it does feel more like you're fishing a trout fly. The bigger the fly, the bigger the parachute. If you don't compensate with the diameter, you're overworking yourself for less than half the actions you could have given it with less work. Uh, I'm sorry, and you know what, it may be ignorant to a lot of people out there, but everybody that fishes a streamer needs to understand the last five minutes of what we just talked about. So, because you can ask, what color do I need to fish? Yes. What fly do I need to it fish? It does what not do I need matter. To do? You don't need to know anything. What you need to know is where that fish is, where it's going to ambush from. Mm-hmm. What what line do I need to present yep. that fly in the head that of that fly? Golf club, right. And that is 100% exactly that. What fly am I fishing? Uh, I what line do I need to present that fly in a perfect angle where that fly is going to ambush from? When you learn to do that, that is all that matters. And that's, I, I, that was it right there. I was on my way. Uh, hold on. For one second, Tommy. If you start that by starting no. with your fly, brother, 
That is so very right. You know what he that just said? That's absolutely right. I understand how your fly fish is on different lines with different strips, and then you adjust that to where the fish is accordingly. Don't adjust your fly. Adjust what you're doing with it or the line you're using on it to get it where you need it perfectly. Learn your That's fly. Right. And do remember that the four ways to your one will always, and I do mean always, because I don't see too many lead-headed repellers out there. No. Um, I'm I'm just telling you that anytime that you can get that fly in that prescribed area in the right mindset and then get four ways to your one versus just one for your one. Yep. You know, I was I, that's getting tough. That's yeah. getting tough for that predator not to be a predator. You know what I mean? It's, that's a you're, technical you're... cast right there that will that will trigger a strike. I was on my way right. here and I was talking to my hold on one second, Tommy. I want to bring this up. You'll love it. Uh, I was, no, I was on my way here, and I was talking to my dad. You know, Pops, he fishes with us all the time. He is the one of the part of the SVS crew. OG. You know, he is the original gangster. He's the guy who got us in on all this stuff. And, you know, I'm talking to him. I'm like, you know, Dad, whether than fly or anything else, I think depth. I think depth. You know, if you, you know, even them fishing, it doesn't matter. Streamer fishing, you have to achieve the depth that you want to get, you know, because you're not going to get any big fish... I think you're talking about that me. sounds like sex, Jay. No, nah, you know, and I understand. I understand. Like in the summertime, you get in Did the move and come up on top. Yeah, oh, I can I can get my nose as deep as it goes, but you know, I, I was talking to him about these things, like you're talking about with lines and everything else. I don't think it matters anything. You could, you can change a million other things. You could change your fly, whatever the hell you want. If you're not getting down and where you're going to present yourself right to the fish, I don't think anything's right. I don't think you're ever going to fish difference between the uh, the sunny and the depth the is everything I mean, barometric pressures aside i mean oh, you can sure. have good barrel oh absolutely but if you guys ever notice the difference uh in column uh adjustment in your game uh sun versus clouds 100 percent. yeah yeah column adjustment that's what i'm talking about you have to be down so when we when we fish a higher light to a predator or a would-be predator yep here you're straight our down fish underneath the halfway point of the column is a necessity a necessity and this is why his darkness dwell or dwelling and, and and his lifestyle doesn't allow him to look that sun in the eye why he kills something it's just it's very very rare i mean every once in a while you'll bring a rainbow up and see him try it but that's that's a real fucking fish we're not using bait so well it's not <laughs> um, I mean, when it's cloudy though you'll see not only the predator persuasion move into more feeding lanes, but then again, their aggressiveness beyond and above the halfway point of the column. You ever notice like in the fall when we're, we're begging for that pre-spawn bite, yeah. we call it grubbing. Mm. Have you got, you guys know what grubbing versus like the swim and all that? No, mm, no. Explain. Explain. Um, so as the water clears, uh, as you guys know, the fish will have a, tendency to get closer to the bottom and be less likely on that state of predation because the window is closing mm -hmm. um, that's not to say they can't be tipped but there goes back into like you know the leaded fly appreciation that the trout has which is its proximity that proximity sometimes causes and this is one of the most beautiful things about that down and away bow cast is if you shorten a fish's window of consideration, then you force that fish's reaction instead of consideration. In that reaction, he can fuck up. 
he can <laughs> fuck up. In clear water, it's tough to sell a big damn streamer oh, unless you, you pull burn the, the clear crap out of it. And the best way to do that is to take that fly and bring it down. Not just because everything injured is coming. Everybody, I think, I mean, I, I believe that for a very long time, that everything injured is coming downstream. I've seen plenty of shit injured moving upstream. So um, as far as that goes, I think it's more about that fish's ability to size up that fly that's coming to them. And, and you know, it's like these guys that say that you don't need eyes on a fly. You know, I bet you if, if you asked me 10 years ago, you need eyes. I don't think you do. But I think nowadays, when these fish are kind of setting up in that last-minute um, pounce, that idea of knowing right where the head of that fly is, is is prudent in your court so that that fish knows exactly which way to – because they can't eat them backwards. If you give that fish a target on exactly where the head is, then he knows exactly which way he's got to kill it. If, if you have, like, a loose mess of marabou, you know, ball out there and it's fluffing around he's got to like look for it like trying to find a neck on a beaver you know (laughs) i've tried to find a neck on a beaver man it's not easy let let me ask you this now let's lay all things equal everything playing fields equal what is going to win at the end of the day is a reaction strike or a feed strike going to win at the end of the day well, I, you you can't Jeez, you can't say that there. a fish that's in a state of predation isn't also in a reactionary one. You can't. It, it's it's not. The, what you could say is percentages. You could say percentages of fish out will dictate your given day, and that's a barometric or conditional happening. And you know when I say the and, and, and I guess a, now what I'm asking is like let's say I'm taking a reaction strike as in such as. Something that you're you're taking past the fish that's gonna have a either a triggered strike or a flash. Now I'm taking a oh, feeding strike as in something like, like you're jigging down into it and you are dropping it in and you are feeding that fish that is sitting there. Uh-huh. Yeah. No, I know exactly where do you think it's easier to pick scabs with a, a sunny day stereo with a leaded fly versus a swim one? Well, yeah. I mean, if I was to pick scabs with a sunny day, yeah. But again, I'm playing all things equal here. I'm saying all things equal. When you say a feeding strike, all I, things, well, I only you think... definitely say that it's the clear. Um, you know, you've seen how clear the water gets on some of these tailwaters, especially when they're not running water, right? Mm-hmm. I've oh, seen we live it. fish get up. Right. So I would say that the dictation between the two wouldn't be the, the, the fly so much as the, the presentation. When I fish the swim fly, which I prefer to fish most of the time because I like seeing it. You know, a lot of these guys that talk about, oh, I don't night fish because I can't see the bite. They're also willing to fish a skull head 10, 12 feet down and wait for piano wire, mistake it for a piece of wood, get a head shake and say, oh, yeah, I did it streamer fishing so I could see it all. That's so false that's like saying i saw something when i was night fishing no it, it it's different when you're actually using a swim fly it's like fishing a jerk bait you're right there with it the entirety of it you're hoping that in the beginning or the end that you can see it but in the midriff of that presentation you should be deep yep. so um would oh, i just lost the that's all right that's all right we gotta we're all lost when, man. when you it's say good. when you when when these guys or you say feed a feeding like I only picture that in the the times a fish may you know them low light periods outside of that everything else to me is a reaction strike like 
Well, yes oh, and no, because to, now, now, okay, I guess I should rephrase that too, though. To, Hold on one second, Tom. Are you no, the hats with the fly, or? Well, no, and, and what I'm saying though is a reaction strike is as in like like a swim like a swim strike where they're gonna come out and they're gonna they're gonna eat it. Yeah, they're and not in their feeding, lane. They're gonna chase it down. Feeding where they don't need to leave their lane. And you can fish a five or a six inch stream or two of brown trout and feed them. And you can fish or you can swim a five or six inch stream or two. So uh-huh. that's where I was I going. Or ten. If you lay all things equal, what would win? A swim strike oh. or a feed strike? If you were to take oh, no, the same I'm thing. I'm going to go swim fly all day long just because he can cover more water. He's okay. going to look for fish yeah. in that state of better. Yep. If you're if you're jigging into specific areas, you're limited to those areas. Mm-hmm. I'm I'm throwing and covering water. You know what I mean? And no, no, that's 100 percent what I why I was asking because yeah. we fished it both ways and. Is it better to cover a lot more water and find that swim strike, or is it better to slow it down and actually try to find that feed strike? Yeah, no. I mean, as, as soon as I start slowing down my presentations, that's usually when either um, it's nighttime, because a slow presentation at night just sells just because the audience is, Natural. Is, is, is almost seemingly in your head always there. Well. So your confidence keeps the fly out there, and then a fish bites it, and then your confidence deepens even more. Does so your... that, that's a domino effect that we're not afforded oftentimes with streamers because we don't get that constant affirmation of, of either movement kisses or the idea that it's going to. With streamers, we're hoping for eight to a dozen movements all day, not eight to a dozen movements in this spot. That's the difference. You know, there's a huge difference between streamer fishing and mouse fishing. I mean, even though you beg the same churches as far as the reactionary predation, um, it's completely different. You don't cover 10 to 25 miles of water with as many casts as you can so much as you cover for 150 yards with as few and as long as you can. It's a different so, animal. It's well, completely different. Does that change with your water temperatures as well? Like, so in the springtime, I mean, I know you're different. You have different hatches and different Hopefully they would need, you know, for years, there was this old mentality, even back here in Michigan, where a lot of this big fly shit, oh, shit, they're not going to chase. They told me they would, the steelhead would need a strip fly as soon as the water temperature got under 40. I took one of our old timers out, Walt Grau. I got more respect for that man than most, well, let's call it the rest of the guide pool in this town. And, uh, and, and, you know, he's like, the only reason you're getting them to chase that thing is because it's warm. And I'm like, well, let's go. And I was just about to head to Arkansas. We showed up to McDougal's launch. There was slush floating down, 31-degree water. I go, is this cold enough for you? He goes, you're not a chance. You're going to get one of them steelhead to chase. And before we got to the, the cannon's dock, which is two and a half bends down, I got him wet from one that missed right off the oral spot. <laughs> so, That's fucking awesome. <laughs> So the idea that, you know, it's like a lot of these winter uh, streamer fishermen with the, the swung fly, they all believe that the best way to present, uh, you know, glitter bombs to a steelhead is with a swung fly. Well, if they're all balled up in one spot in one hole, you could definitely argue that. That's, that's, a, that's a truth. But, you know, in October and November and even early December, there's a lot of migration. And everybody's fishing the spots and nobody's fishing the secondary. You want to talk about having first cast at a whole lot of great water? shit you know everybody's ignoring i mean they're migratory fish i mean everybody just goes to these seven to 15 spots waylays them and if it worked it worked and they never consider the secondary if they were migrating they're not brown trout they're not sitting in the same freaking log jam their entirety 
I mean, these Browns will live in a log jam so long as it doesn't move for upwards of 15, you know, some of them maybe 20 years. And and Steelhead don't. Steelhead are always, you know, they tag fish in Tippy Dam. You know, they run up to Tippy Dam and back out to the lake, 60 miles river. They do it six times in one freaking winter, you know? What? They're steelhead what? Six times? Oh, yeah. If you, <laughs> if you think that a steelhead running up a freaking river and sitting in a hole for four and a half months waiting to get laid, you should think again. They are constantly moving and i've seen this mm-hmm. with the boat i've seen this in fish catching them i've seen it every way possible you see these fluctuations especially at the lower ends of the rivers where the snowballing of fish coming and going is is very very cut and dry I mean, it's like if you're in them the rod hurts and your client doesn't want to have another thing to do with a steelhead after lunch and if they're not you're thinking about going to another launch because your client's looking at you like do you even know what you're doing out here so and tommy was it Go con- was it conscious that you were talking about the steelhead getting laid and then used the word snowballing directly after? <laughs> That's oh, something Chad would have asked. Yeah, I'm not too trendy. I didn't know what the snowball. And somebody had to tell me what the was the two in the pink and one of the. I didn't even no, know. No, no, <laughs> yeah, indeed. That's great. But, That's oh, not even close. But this has been the best interview we've ever had. Google that after the show. Amazing. <laughs> no, Tommy, I want to get into a uh, good goddamn into your summer. Um, hey. Do you have openings? Are people able to get in with Tommy Lynch? And what what is uh what's the summer looking like for you? Are you gonna be dry fly fishing? And yeah, also well, also you know, did... our hats turned up. We've had Hendrickson black uh, caddises so far. The uh, again forty seven canceled trips. I've managed to get out for you know for we've only been allowed to guide now for a little bit better than a week. So well, it's only been, been eight out. days, right? Yeah, and and these are all locals and stuff. Uh, I, I don't say local to Baldwin so much as just local to Michigan, but all of my, I mean, 47 canceled trips. My hex season is, is all but shot in the foot. And, you know, it's, it's, it's mm. going to be a different year. And but I, it, if locals are looking for a trip, you can pr- probably provide them with one, right? Oh yes, please. Yeah. 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 And uh, somebody has to be quarantined, what, for like two weeks before they get a guided trip by you in your state, right? Uh, I don't know what the, as long as you're out of state, I think there's, I, you know, my wife's the nurse. She's probably more onto the protocol than I am, but uh, she, she's got me, she's got like an osium uh, bomb for my truck. She's got me like, you know. Oh, my wife runs my life as well, though. Are... You don't have to explain it to us. We, we, we live okay. lives where, yeah. So, so for what? I don't do anything. We got to work every day. So for what? Yeah. You've been uh, doing that for a it's... week, Jay. <laughs> Two weeks now, you son of a bitch, and and I and I'm thinking about just quitting my job because the life I lived for the six weeks of just fishing every time I wanted to was absurdly amazing. You sucked at fishing when you didn't have to go to work. No, I was I did very well. There's no good fishing good left anyway. You so. you picked the right time. But uh, oh, we had a good t- I had so a good what, time. What it would have been better if it was in turkey season when I would would have had two weeks off. For the weekdays, to just dick around and turkey hunt along with fish. But I ha- I've been back to week work for two weeks now, so it's been uh, great. Yeah. Thank God, it's it's been great. Hey, I'm I'm glad to be no, back to work. Let's get you back I, to I've normal, man. So weird that people are dropping like this. Well, I mean, uh, what what were you out of guiding? Three, four weeks? What six weeks? What what? Oh, what was uh, uh, well, the moment I got back from Arkansas. Um, you know, like I mentioned, my dog had died, and then, and then, yeah. um, and then I was supposed to start guiding like four days later, and that's that's when all the talk about the quarantine started. 
that guy called and I thought it was going to be like, oh, this will be a week long. And then, you know, all the restrictions and everything. And then long and the short of it is, you know, I've got people in June calling me now saying, eh, I don't think I can even get to you, you know, and just, you people, know, it's not even people like are all the hotel up. motels are even open up here yet. I mean, there's a few of them that are, you know, kind of punching through, but you know, it's, 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 it's just, I'm, I'm, I'm very much considering getting into this, like, uh, this, this, some style of guiding where I can, <clears throat> go on the river and do instructionals with people, you know, individually and, you know, I don't know, charge them by the hour. I mean, the, the, the logistical mess that we have to do just to get a client in the boat, out of the boat, and do it all legally right now is, is quite you, a fiasco. You definitely I mean, have uh, to sign a waiver. I well, heard. Well, I mean, uh, coming from out of state and things like that right now are, yeah. are not the, the biggest yeah, things on the menu state, right now. I mean, the COs are checking. I mean, if you even show up to a boat launch with like, you know, three people about to get in a boat, you can expect the CO to come out and check everybody. And, um, yeah, I mean, it's, it's, you know, you can have your household. I can take, I can take two people from the same household, but I can't take two people from a different household. And technically we're all supposed to have a six foot diff, uh, distance between us and our angler. And as far as I know, there's only, you know, just that Rocky mountain skiff is the long boat of the you know, because all the drift boats, you know, the point of the boat's three feet back or out in front. So you lose that in the distance between the oarsman and the angler. So does that mean you and put the wife in the back? <laughs> the, or does she go in the front? Yeah, no. She's, We're not talking it, it, about that, Chad. Come on, you're getting a little, you're getting a little uh, over the top here, Chad. I'm sorry, Tommy. <laughs> it's just, it's a brave new world, you know, and... Yeah, I mean, as a guide, I'm considering other options besides, you know, taking people down there, especially in the instructional values that I'm getting into. I mean, I can have somebody that's into streamer, you know, somebody like you guys just kind of, you know, walking around. On there. How can I do this better? And if I'm in the river on that given day, if I talk to three or four people at, you know, X amount of bucks an hour or whatever, you know, the wife lets me go play and I came home without, you know. Spending too much gas money. Going a little too far. <laughs> You're not into not bankruptcy. So, I understand. I understand. If but, if you were to talk to a guy like like us, and they wanted to support their local guide, what would you tell them to do at this current point in time? The best thing I could do is, you know, if if, if you're if you're ahead of the eight ball enough, I would definitely at least give your guide a deposit, because you know, um, fishing guides are. You know, I, I guess I'm a little lucky. My wife's a nurse and, and, and I have my fly tying and all that. But a lot of guys don't have those conditions. And, and um, you know, uh, you know, especially here in Michigan, these guys live and die by, you know, doing the gravel ripping and stuff. And without those seasons, they, they don't really, they, they sometimes don't make it to the next season. So if you have those peak season dates or had those peak season dates, and you can afford to give your guide a, a deposit. Um, and I've even had a few of my clients send me a full rate when I told them you're crazy. And uh, but you know, for a lot of folks, it's it, it's not about the money so much as being able to go and and see that person and just know that a fishing guide is one of those people that is 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 a bit of a paycheck to paycheck person. And he he doesn't have some nest egg where, you know, if this kind of shit happens, that he can just fall back and. And weather the storm, he's yeah. he's going to be hurting, and 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 in many cases giving up, especially in the atmosphere that they're talking about guiding in the in the near future. Without that second person rate, 
um, without the ability to have that, you know, five or 10 bucks extra when you charge for the lunch or et cetera, et cetera. All these things that kind of make his bottom end. Cause don't forget every one of these guys is subject to some type of licensing insurance. And, and, uh, you know, especially up here on the Pure Marquette, we have federal fees, state fees. We've got, I mean, you know, it costs more to take a piss on the bank up here. And, and <laughs> it's just, yeah, yeah. I it, ain't whipping my dick out. You, right. you piss so hard anyways, Jay. <laughs> <laughs> you gotta pay double to pee on their bank, Jay. Yeah. They'll never see it happen, anyways. It's so small. They'll never know it. My nose is bigger than my dick. Jesus. They got excise tax on you. That's not a problem for me. So you know, you know, one thing I want to get to before we get too off the course. I see you out there with kids a lot too. And uh, what does it mean to you to take a kid fishing and and just talk about that a little bit, you know, just getting the youth into the outdoors. Well, I think, um, you know, when I was younger, a, a, you know, a hot, really hot-headed guide, I, I didn't really like the kiddie trips as much as I do now just because, you know, it, it's, a, it's a different, you know, how you like to cast versus go out and catch the 30-incher, you know. There's just, you have different, as you get older, you like to kind of see that newness and that, that awe kind of light up in somebody else. You get to kind of walk through the same pace with it. And if it's your own kids, oh, it's just, I, I, I don't know if I can remember the last 15 years of my fishing, but I can remember every one of those little trout my boys have caught, okay. every single one of them. And, and, and can you tell us a story about one of them? Yeah. Huh? Can you tell us a story about one of them little 15 inch trout? Yeah. Oh God. Oh, I've got some good, um, well here, I got an even better. Go for through you. it, man. Uh, Tommy, uh, Tommy's first swing steelhead, which was two falls ago. Uh, we got most of it on video, as a matter of fact. And uh, but Tommy, Tommy, we we've been nymphing a lot with Tommy, and, and we tried the streamers, but you know, you know, eight nine years old, that's a little young to you know have you know that that'll come. It's hard, um, man. But, it's but a the hard, swing yeah. rod, the swing rod is something I've been using for a lot of my, you know, a lot of people like to make the the spade fishing such a a big deal as far as you know i like casting a spay rod i love the oh, cast yeah. of it mm-hmm. um uh, but a lot of people kind true. of uh, try and put it as like some and uh, it, it's really a very e- easy way to catch a steelhead because there's no line management and the fish pretty much set themselves you get to use goat rope and a hook that looks like a gap so the odds are in your favor um from the word go and tommy was you know i'm not saying casting well but but he was getting the fly out far enough that he could put the men's in and get the fly out in the hole and he got his first swing take and i just remember because we had we had probably hit five holes and i really wanted to get that one on the swing because he, he'd done maybe a dozen or so on the bobber and, and and he wanted to do that because that was productive for him but in that that confidence that we talk about he didn't have it yet in the the swing because he'd done it and i think he had a trout take once and that was it and then he gets this tug and it was the equivalent of somebody throwing a cinder block on that fly. I mean, that thing, I mean, all I saw was the secondhand reach across the front of them. And, and then just the rod start bucking fishes jumping downstream. Yeah. And I, and I don't even have to wonder yeah. what his face looks like. Cause I can see his little butt puckering. <laughs> yeah. That's what we're talking about, man. Yeah. And, and that's and what makes just, life great. Yeah. Did, no, it's, did it's, he tell you how easy it was? That's that anticipation, you know. You gotta, you gotta keep that fire. And, and he was fired up. And anyways, that fish walked him all over the place. And 
I just remember the first time he turned around, I think it was a good three, four minutes into that battle because he was pretty much very much into that event, as you can imagine. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> event. But I remember that face when he turned around with his eyes just about popped clean out of his head and this smile that he had to like literally rip up his earlobes. And, uh, yeah. you know, I just, you, you can't really, I, I mean, there's no phone game. I haven't seen him smile like that. And, and that, for you know, as a dad, especially as a fishing guy, jeez, you know, that, that that's one of the things that you just, you take that with you, you know? And, and, uh, yeah. So as far as the youth, I mean, anybody that's not taking the time to, you know, you know, I had that same face like the, two months ago. Off. Yeah. You, they'll be playing Fortnite and shoot each other. So, Tommy, oh, what, no, was he swinging awesome, like man. an intruder intruder with a wedge head on it? <laughs> <laughs> or like a, a, no, he, a classic salmon fly no. with a wedge head? No, he, yeah, he just has, like uh, everything has cool, a wedge head? Uh, <laughs> yeah, wedge everything. No, I don't wedge at all, but uh, yeah, those that that's... <laughs> I just remember yeah, his face when he turned around. You know, he's got both hands on the rod. This thing is just like busting up his knuckles. And- oh, <laughs> yeah. So, hey, I got one more question for you. Um, you have a new fly out. It's called the Blade Runner. It's yes, a. You said it's a smallmouth killer. Who'd you have fish it? Because I know you hate smallmouth. I don't hate. Everybody thinks I hate smallmouth. Yeah, why do you hate smallmouth? Yeah, no, I mean, what's up with smallmouth? What the fuck's the problem, man? I'm going for him the next two days. I gave you the benefit of the doubt and let you go on for brown frog for two hours. Uh, You hate smallmouth. We had Schultz on. He said, Tommy hates smallmouth. I do not. You guys just call me. No, we live on. Oh, that says, hey, why aren't we catching a whole bunch of them? I go, listen, here's a number for Mike Schultz. This guy was... <laughs> <laughs> that's and, great. And, and, what's that? No, that's oh, fucking funny, man. No, that's great, fantastic. dude. You keep going, I dude. Love that's it. awesome. There's such a great way to teach people how to like, get streamers and keep their, um, their interest. I mean, out our booty... Uh, uh, opportunity. I mean, they're just there's just so many things have got to line up. You know, the stars and you know, and and really the only times the stars line up with brown trout is that at night you can see them. They're spotted all over your head. They're not really lined up in any which way, but they're out there. You can see and, Orion's and, belt and huh. they're lining so up. So I just have to start fishing at night. I can I can promise you this much. If you if you like brown trout. I and you haven't trout. fished them at night, mm. then you should ask yourself, have you actually fished brown trout? <laughs> You've never fished brown trout. Yet. Not at night. You, Do you have a brown you, trout, I, bro? I wouldn't it, know. It's a terrifying place to walk down to at night. I, I, and I can't row there at night. There's you can't even tow your own boat by yourself. No, I have my oh, dad. Well, I got my dad's not. truck, dude. <laughs> Fucking king couldn't catch one in the daytime. You guys, you guys so are starting matter. to think about, oh, we should do this section or that section with a mouse. You guys are thinking about well, mouse and all. No, we've been I'm thinking. still, wait, wait. I'm still a little butthurt by the fact of uh, you calling uh, the smallmouth the Jenna Jameson of the fishery here. Jenna Jameson, who's it? The smallmouth. Oh, the, oh, <laughs> the, the used. Yeah, if you want something no. easy, let's go to the no. small. The used. <laughs> okay, a smallmouth and Alaskan rainbow share no differences. And, oh, and that's you could great. Almost, you could almost argue that a smallmouth and an Alberta uh, an Alberta brown trout are of the same feather too, only because of growing season. 
if you shorten a fish's window of growing season for that Goldilocks period of the year for them to kind of stack it on. Touche, salesman. That's Do you good. know what I mean? That's yeah, why the, yeah. you want to yeah. know why Alaskan people eat mice like it's going out of style in the middle of the blood because they've got three months. Got two, yeah, a couple months. They to do have it. to. Smallmouth are going to be cold, lethargic, and they can be caught in the coldest of months, but they're not going to be caught in forties. Yeah, we, so, we we love them because we musky. Oh, well, myself and Jack, we musky fish ten months of the year, and then we get two months to catch fish. <laughs> Right, right, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Everybody wonders why I like trout. It's not because I catch a bunch. I mean, I, I have one soldier surgery already. I realize that I have X amount of casts available to me over the course of my adult life, and I have done nothing else with my life but fish. And with one shoulder surgery, I just assume keep all those quarters for those little brown. I think brown trout, as similar and as... Uh, forecastable as i'd like to think they are each one of them over 18 inches is so very different i have never in my life and i've sorted a few now i've never caught two over 18 that look alike not one it's almost like christmas presents you know you're going to get a present you just don't know what it is yet. And that's, i think cool about before I, we I, get we, to, before we get too far yeah. away from it how, how long does that shoulder surgery take to recover from? Because I'm 34 and I know I got one coming soon. It yeah, hurt, so it I, it, it's kind of it's kind of whatever the level of damage that. So I had a tiny uh, tear in my rotator. Okay. They they chip back. I think it's my clavicle mm -hmm. to give me more rotation, and then they. Oh, uh, what was the other? Oh, and then they stitched up something in something that starts with an L, a biscus or something like that. Yes. I can't. Um, but they, 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 they did three like minor things to my shoulder and, and, and I realized even still now after the surgery, I mean, I can cast great. Nice. You're, you're never going to have the 25 year old shoulder ever again. <laughs> ever. Yeah, right? no. Are they going to make it better with the surgery? Sure. Is the recovery, let's say it's like three months, depending on what you're, what you've done to it. You know, I mean, if your rotator is really torn, then you know there's a little bit extra heal time, but um, yeah, what? I mean it's it's. Go ahead. No, no. Was MJ was MJ ever better? Was Kobe ever better? Or any of these guys ever better after they got all their surgeries? Or uh, they're not quite. Oh, I I can. Uh, you know what? Think about it like this though: as you become a better angler, caster, fisherman, etc., you'll learn to be more efficient and do less work and get mm -hmm. more for that's a smarter that, that's harder, that's 100 you know? because i'm telling you what i bet i blew my shoulder out more in the first three years than i have in the last year well you guys have bad elbows for a second the, you're, you're speeding that up and i'm gonna tell you right now that the bigger the flies that you throw the quicker she goes and it's really and, and i had a nice long well, the, i tell you what though I, they're making really good rods now geared just for muskies they don't handle oh. a 550 and a 700 dang near effortlessly, and they don't it's do not near the, the damage. It's the weight. I know. It's the pulling. You know that fly traction from the water? I had a long talk with the shoulder doctor about what the damage is actually. It's not the casting. Mm -hmm. It's the stopping and the starting and then the lifting of that fly. You know when we pull the fly from the water to yep. begin a cast? Yep. When we draw that, when we're trying to gain speed as we're pulling that heavy parachute out of that water, that is the, f and I'm, I'm guessing the, the spot forward that doesn't hurt either. So, 
So figure eight that fly and you'll be fine. <laughs> you yeah, still have to drag it off of there, Chad. Yeah. Drag it off of there. And everybody is always like, you know, the, the whole muskie and the, the brown trout and catch some big brown trout and muskie are, you know, I, I caught five muskie in one day once. That was, and I don't muskie fish a lot. I was with, I was with Quentin. I don't think any one of them 42 or 43 inches, but still five muskie in a day I hear is, is pretty that's, Solid, my 2018. that's my 2018. That's my 2018. That's my 2018. That's like five years worth. That's that's my best year. <laughs> yeah, no, I did it with triples too. Uh, me and Willie tied up some six out triple D's, and we actually used coke feathers. And uh, I had to put a little extra bucktail on the rear stinger because we went with the uh, the worm style black nickel to elongate the forward six out because it was so massive. And uh, we put on coke feathers to increase the wide glide. And man, you wanted to, we used side eyes obviously because we didn't want the depth as much as we wanted the glide. Coke but feathers? we had, we had what triple D. What the fuck D's. is that? What, what is the coke feather? Is that, okay, like a, is, is that a cockbird all hopped up on coke? Or yeah, what are we talking like, about I mean, it's we're, you're talking you're no, talking French uh, to us. It's like a, it's like a sap feather with a really stiff stem. Think of it oh, like that. Oh, yeah, okay, stiff, yeah, so that makes sense. Stiff. Yeah, coke. Yeah. yeah. Right. So when you cut the two of them together, like we do with yeah. the, the you triple, you cut them cells, down. Okay. Yeah, you you get this like tremendous stiffness out of the rear rudder instead of having that wiggly, swimmy uh, gummy bear banjo uh, minnow look right like now. the triples do. <laughs> this one's got more of a kind of a wide glide. Like if you down swap the thing, it goes a yard left, and you hit it again, it goes two yards to the to the oh, right. Dude, Tom, and so on. Yeah, <sighs> just keeps going. It's, a, talking, it's because uh, the rudder. Ooh, you're making you're making the hair stand up on my arms, man. All this is just too much to uh, take on at one time. <laughs> it's we we had some fun with, it, but we had to put a little bit of bucktail underneath the the spay flank and the rear hook because the rear hook's weight was offset with what normally is run with like B tens up to a one knot, and uh, we we had to add the bucktail to get the float recovery out of the rear hook to keep the mm. so just five you, muskies you, then, you know, huh? whatever you're fishing these swim flies the end result is is not to have a float recovery that floats so hard that it comes to the surface i mean my early triple d's before i was uh is improved with the deer as i am were more like box cuts i mean they there was a wedge look but to say that it was the door stopper it is today would be a reach and in that excess there was a um, a flow recovery that gave a great swim, but as it retreated to the surface, which isn't out of line to say that a fish doesn't retreat to the surface, but neutrality is what we're looking for with a swim mm -hmm. fly. Mm -hmm. So not to have to recover those depths in between the paws for mm -hmm. the, you know, the dead that, fish. that head bob. So, so how much does your hook weight have to do with that? Like, have you found that there was a better hook now um, that you're tying your, your flies on that, that, that give it a better keel than you found maybe five years ago or so? Just just uh, not so much at all to do with the hook, so much as the buoyancy that we choose with the head. So if I tie a six-aught triple D, I have seven full pencils of deer as that float recovery for the 14-inch train behind it, correct? 
Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. And and on the triples, you're you're Five, adding six, an extra uh, articulation, right? Spot, right. You have to lunge that forward to get the swim out recovery, mm. which again is still four ways, but they're a grander version. Now, yeah. if I'm fishing like a little mini D, um, and and I'm I'm using that. This goes to the same thing. Don't overstrip it. You want the tiniest of pops in, in that neutrality. So I would only add three pencils of deer to float only four inches of fly so in the heads like you can you're you're dialing your heads in to every fly that you actually tie that that's been consistent now for about four years or five okay yeah so and- so every fly has got so like um like a mini shad wrap uh air rx 26 degree down on yes uh size one or one out you're talking either four small pencils or four even pencils uh for that recovery of that length now as soon as i put a tail on that make it a triple in the same configuration of hooks Mm -hmm. it would be then smarter to add small five so that the recovery is consistent to make the tail swim instead of wiggle Jesus, man, you have this down to a science. You're blowing my mind with every second. Oh, no, 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 no. I love it. No, no, I love it because it's going to make an impact on the way I tie my flies as well. So thank you. No, this is great. All great information. This is a good way to – I appreciate you guys having – you guys are uh, swell for it because I like like people fishing these flies correctly. And and if you don't mind, before we quit, I want to do some finer point on the presentation. No, so you can move a little bit forward. I, Please, yeah, man. Uh, these are some of the the big ones that I'm hearing about. Why does my fly spin? Your fly spins because you overstripped it. Some of the guys that are now tying uh, knockoffs, and I will say knockoffs um, variations or, or unpalmered D and D whatever's they're starting to narrow their heads because they haven't considered the presentation so much is the pattern so in that that um lack of data they narrow the head so that they can add the longer strip and not get the spin which is kind of getting away from the whole idea of the fly and going more towards the deceiver mentality which is to pull through and wait for a float recovery correct absolutely so if i am fishing a true wedge if Mm. i am fishing that don't want to fish too wide of a wedge that I would on a mini D overpower the train of four inches versus that ratio of width to the length of the fly. As I would consider with a five out, I would need that width. I would need a little bit more steepness in the doorstop to float recovery, a full 10 to 12 inches of fly. So it's no different than going to Jay's sporting that looking at all the different lures in there sink and descents and all this stuff you're you're i mean streamer fishing is really i mean let's face it everything but dry flies and fly fishing is, is some knockoff of a conventional approach and in that we should we should try and mimic these things and and you know a lot of people like to think that the reason i put the glue on the top of the heads of my flies is, is to give them some the wedge is there and the float recovery is there long before the glue is the reason I put the glue in there is so that when I spend 40 minutes on a streamer that is not a nymph that I'm willing to break off and tie again in 45 seconds, this is 40 minutes of your life. You're damn right. You don't want to lose it. 
No. Right. Yes. So put some glue on it. So the first yes. brown trout that bites the head of it off sticks his teeth in there and doesn't force you back to the vise to tie another. Put some glue on it. They Make it not, last. I've got they, bugs in my box that are three and a half years old and been chewed a hundred times. If I didn't glue those heads, they look like, you know, a, a, a cat air ball, you know, and, and that's, that's what kind of gives it. Now, did we get a secondary plus out of having the glue in the head for that resilience of fly? Absolutely. We, we lessened the amount of water possible passing through the head and instead cupped it. We grabbed it. We didn't allow it through. We forced it over the top and there in the ruddering effect. And that's what makes the D well, what it is and not and just not, not only one other box. big thing though too. Once you seal that head in, it doesn't absorb all that water and all that water with the weight on the front of the head's gonna it's gonna adjust the action of that fly. That that actually does absorb. Everybody says oh, that, sure that it will. like like a balsa float, like you yep. keep the water up, but nobody factors in that the under collar is not glued. That, that'll you know, keep the, it from riding as far back and chin- forth, too. I mean, with a glued head, that thing's going to run on right. itself and move, you know, eight inches to a foot. With a glued, with, with a, with a wet head? No, it won't. Yeah, the behind the head, you know where we put the collar of the guard hairs? That's all mm. open. So I will say that oftentimes you'll notice a D, like the moment you throw it out of your box and onto the water, strong amount of flow to it. If you, I'm sure you've noticed this. And sure. then you get them yeah. wet. Yeah. And then they start begging that neutral look to them in the water. And that's basically that water coming up in and behind that head. And, and to some level, saturating those materials. Again, the big reason we use that that Solaris on that top end, which is to say it's no different than the guy that's using epoxy on his, you know, optics or his, you know, his his feather slam or whatever, you know, as soon as you're into that realm of using cone or adding weight and all this other stuff, we're still just trying to get to that core essential, which is some type of conventional approach, be it spinners or rappellas. Um, and you know, even when we nymph, we're begging the same thing a, a worm guy does. You know, we're we're trying to present a fly to a fish to be taken instead of chased. And there is a difference in that that presentation of dead drift versus yeah. chase. Um, it, and 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 I and I think I got off topic again. I'm no, sure, <laughs> so, oh, man. No, dude, you are blowing our minds. It's been a great, great conversation. No, no, that so was far. the 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 thing behind that that I took from that was that. You're not deterring that from accepting the water. You want that to accept the water throughout. I do. You're, I do. You're Very saying much. that that little bit of glue or Solaris or whatever you're putting on top is, is just for yeah. durability, simply. Mm. Well, I saw a lot of guys started, like, dig, like canoes and stuff, like the blade. Like, and we can talk about that in a sec. But, you know, they started taking the D-wedge and they were like canoeing the tip of it, right? <laughs> And what they failed to realize is that the width was enough. And as soon as they started adding that spoon kind of dip in the top of the head, the scoop was too much. And then the flies would spin. It, I mean, mm-hmm. just sitting in the current, they would spin. You know, you didn't even have to overstrip them because that scoop of water. What I wanted was something that was was grabbing the current instead of pushing. Like we get into Madonnas or Cougars or, or Muddler heads and stuff like that. They all have that float recovery. They do have that couple ways to your one. What they don't have is a dig, and that's where Dahlberg was a, a, a just a severe genius. You know, he, he went into, you know, he didn't wedge it, but he did idealize the dive. 
you know. Al Dahlberg is the man of all men of all men of all men. Go ahead, Mark. Can I? We bow at his feet and and yaw. No, he he is one of the fishiest brain. I mean, in in my adult life, I don't think I'll 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 have ever. I mean, he's just fish. I mean, shake him and fish fall out of him. Can, stuff, can, can I ask you a technical question? Fish? Yeah. I'm, hmm. Do you spin or stack the hair? And if you do, are you stacking it just top and bottom? Or are you doing it four ways around? No, that that is a great question. So, and I've been asked that a lot. The the top maneuver on the um the collar is almost caddis, you know, because mm-hmm. we don't want we don't want all those pretty little guards up under the chin because we're just going to cut them off anyway. Mm-hmm. So you're just going to essentially get your collar and cut it right down. Right. Well, yep. I do want the forward, you know, the ends of those guards to spin. Okay. There's a way to do it, and the best way to do it is, uh, again, we don't use dubbing loops for the bunny because we lose the shoulder, and the shoulder is what creates a pinch to make that collar pop. And if you get that collar to pop, then you can leave signature in the water to mimic the same size bait fish as you're trying to kind of silhouette. Mm-hmm. Without that, you're just pulling that color again. So having the guard there is that signature that a lateral line picks up. So when people, and this goes like double, triple for you musky guys, okay? Every musky fisherman that I talk to really loves fishing swim flies. Am mm-hmm. I wrong? I love them. I oh, 100% love them. Right. I don't want right. to fish nothing but swim flies. Right. They're, they want to see the sucker swim and all this other stuff. Now. They say that they, they tie as much mass behind the Buford head, which, let's face it, a Buford head is no small monkey. That is a big piece of deer coming through the water. That signature on the forward end of any bait fish is the thickest and beefiest part about any one prey fish. If I build materials in and behind the head signature, which is the part that is leaving that signature, as it is the massive part of that fish, then why would I build a train of excess materials behind that that is in the cavitation of that forward pulp? Yep. It's moot. So the idea... Oh, you're is building silhouette with, in there. Right, and it's a lot harder to pull out of the water if you got that much more material. Yep, 100%. It? So I think signature and silhouette instead of mass. And everybody says, well, i got to mimic a sucker. And I said, well, i got to mimic a trout. What's the big freaking difference if these fish are moving upwards of two yards away the idea that you need mass signature behind the forward i don't i don't know how that's right well you know it's 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 funny you say that too because so many people ask me how do you tie a buford head and the first thing i want to ask them is what kind of tail feathers are you using right that matter well because if you're using thick heavy cock feathers they're going to push forward more you're going to want to use more or like a little bit of a less of a head if you have mm-hmm. really thin wispy feathers, that head's got to do all the action. What in between, uh-huh. in between the ass and the head, really shouldn't have any any difference in there. It's what's pushing it and what's what's, what's directing it. What's in the middle? Mm-hmm. Does it, 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 what's in the middle is taking up the silhouette and, and the room there. Mhm, mhm. And especially you know those jerkbait guys, they I, I take more off of. You know, God darn it, those big pens with eyes are beating the shit up. <laughs> flies and 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 there's they're still just artificial and that's that's what uh, every time i see a different bait video whatever i always look at, at why that what is the trigger on that particular thing and you can take that trigger and plug it into other shit 
success. I mean, look at spinner blades on a spinner bait. You know, I mean, that that in its own right for somebody to take point A to point B, and it's like people say, are you adding too much to your D&D? Well, let me ask you, when's the last time a MEP spinner didn't work? You know what I mean? It's, it's, it's <laughs> flash good. Flash is not incorrect. Anything wounded is flashing. I would just assume add some flash than mass. You know what I'm, uh, again, they're coming quite a ways away, and the pounce is still occurring at a couple of feet away. Even those finicky little <laughs> trout still need a running start to smoke that head. Yeah. You know? All right. Hey, hey, Tommy, you have blown our minds for the last. I, I, I'm looking at Chad's phone. It says two hours and 20 two, some fucking minutes. Two and a half uh, hours. Uh-huh. Is that good or are we good? Uh, that's amazing, but we're going to have to ask you back for another show in what we're going to say. Keep you all night. No, no, seriously. No. Uh, a month. We want to have you back on. We, oh, another one. Dude, you have seriously, I, I, I will uh, speak for every guy. At no, table. we won't let him no, talk. No, no, no. You, you blown our minds tonight. Who's, who's I, I the honestly think. Again? Who's the musky guy in there again? Mark, yes, Mark is the musky guy. Right. Wait, wait, he, he's an old pipe yeah. guy. He turned he's into musky. Uh, those, those, those I didn't hear action. you. Go ahead, get, start over I'm again. Serious. I didn't hear you. Yeah, I want you to take those Max shorts, those 380s and stuff. And I, I, was, want you uh, I was actually looking at that while you were talking about it. That 10.5 inch per second sink rate with that short head. That, that, I know. That, that allows me so much opportunity to work short, close distances and still maneuver my line so I can get the, the angle I want with it. And now that I mean, I've already got that 700 on uh, uh, coming, but that is going to be backing it. Yes. Thank you for that. Uh, I, I'm going to get one for I, sure. Yeah. That's, a, that's the next line coming for sure. So every musky fisherman that I said, I go, why, why isn't everybody fishing the max short for musky? I go, don't know. I think it's because everybody's getting free ones from SA. So. I, I was actually going to look at SA <laughs> for the next one, but you know what? I am not afraid to pay retail for airflow, and no. I will do it every day. And uh, I, I absolutely, yeah. I'm going to hop on that line. No, no, and and not that essay isn't a you know a great line in a lot of especially the game changer. You know that you know when you're throwing those really wet game changers, you almost mm-hmm. need some of that weight. Especially you know the underdog oh, that, cat. That, that three five seven's perfect for it. Right. I mean, there there are applications for weight forward, but the fly dictates that, just like you said, right? So if you have a fly of that mass and that amount of saturation of water. Then it then it's a necessity to have so much weight up front that you would do it. But then again, I would still argue that that they should make like a streamer max intermediate or yeah. a streamer max oh. floater. Wouldn't that be kind of God? Cool? I'd I love think. that. You, Tommy. Oh. You and yeah. Mark can talk about this uh, oh. for a second after when I'm getting high. Don't, um, don't make that next. But, no, 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 wait, hey, hold on, hold on. on. Tommy. Tell They're gonna make on. that line next. Put dude. Your, don't you put worry. Your, put your plugs out there, Tommy. <laughs> Where do people have to go to get a, a real D&D or a guided trip from Tommy Lynch? Yeah, we can do a trip. But as far as the, I mean, the wife says that um, I, I, I wasn't allowed to keep posting photos of flies as of a month ago because I can't get to the orders that came in as a result of the, I can't, it'll be like, if somebody wants to fly for me, it's going to be a little while, but a guide trip, a guide trip, the wife will kick me off any day of the week for. So, um, damn right. Yeah. Where, yeah. where are we uh, finding them at? I'll be back on the flies as soon as they tell me that. Where Maybe do we have to go to find a guided trip by Tommy Lynch because I want one. Oh. We go to the fish I will come and sign a gu- I'll come from out of state and sign a waiver to get a guided trip by your ass. I swear to God. 
Well, we'll, we'll go. Yeah, no, absolutely. Uh, uh, I think it's the fish dot com, uh, which is a cocky, <laughs> arrogant. And my wife likes it. And I don't know why we use that. But that's that's the name of the business. Uh, fish dot com. That's a pretty good name. Uh, it's the man. You are the yeah, man. Hey, it's hey, kind of cocky. If if you want to yeah. slow down them orders a little bit and and put people's uh-huh. creative, you know, like like sides to the test, go ahead and throw a little uh-huh. live like live video. Here's your D and D. If you can do it, like it, it's not no. it's hard. It's don't, a lot harder than you think, appeal. bro. That's why it'd be don't the Tommy Lynch challenge, my friends. You gotta fucking try. <laughs> Close mouths don't get fed. <laughs> God damn it. You're right. <laughs> yeah. I am so lost right now. Where do we go? I, I, I said, <laughs> the, the <laughs> only way you can show these people how to get a fly in more time than allotted is how to fucking do it themselves, right? Jace, hold on for just a second. Yeah. Tommy, say bye. Bye. <laughs> Man, so what the fuck? Who who has a brain to listen to anything else? I really don't. God damn, man! Fucking Tommy blew my mind. Like, is this like an outsert? No, yeah, we're going, man. We're going. Hold on. Yeah, put the put the cans on, man. We're going. Oh, is there any way to record that to like that? I was waiting on my reefer break, but I guess I didn't get that. No, you went to do non-reefer activity. I had to pee, for no. fuck's sake. No. Oh. No, you, would, you didn't come under musky float. What are you going to miss? You're standing 10 feet away. You didn't come under musky float, so you're fine. Are you guys going to oh, talk about your musky float? I didn't get to go on. I did bail. I'm sorry. You definitely Whoa. bailed. Whoa. So Whoa. De- wait, 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 wait. <laughs> for the record... Who said exactly what was gonna no, happen? No, the float the float happened. The float started with uh, Scott, Mark, and I. I wasn't even in the re- initial no, float. No, and you know and I'm sorry. I, and had I known, I, if somebody no, would have said, on, no, hold no, on, if somebody would have said, hey, I'm off Saturdays. Hold oh, on hey, a second. I'm off I, Saturdays. I I <laughs> I know now. I said to okay. Chad, I, I just thought I was <laughs> like, you know. I, I thought it would be very simple to turn it into a two-boater. 
Well, the funny part about this whole thing—it would have been an easy two-boater if he had the whole—he had the whole two-boat float set up before he even. Scott and I are going up the north. Yeah, go fish on up a lake. to official lake. So 20, he 20, me, and I'm like, let's invite Chad. Wait, wait. Let me get to that part, and you can take over. There's like 25 mile an hour winds. It's like screw it. We'll fish the river. It's gonna suck, but we can do it. Jay, do you want to go? Yeah, I didn't know you're off Saturday. That's fine. No, I think regardless. So but, I say but no, 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 no. Wait, you're almost there. Before he even calls back, back or texts up, me to say, "Hey, you want to do a two float boat?" Okay. He has you, his dad, already lined up, and he's like, "Hey, you want to do a two float boat or two two boat float?" Yeah, I'm like, that's gonna turn into a cluster. I didn't think it turned into so much of a cluster, but. But, you know, you know what it is? Uh, people don't want to go out in the middle of fucking... A snowstorm? May. A snowstorm in May. And I didn't want to go out in a snowstorm in May either. I, I want to sit at home and beat off for 14 hours. Uh, I do. I, I shook like a dog shit in the when I woke up. You I guys had ready. a fucking kick-ass day. Oh, I, I, I woke up and you. I was like, shh, You shaking. want to throw a musky fly more than I do, Chad. And... If people haven't fucking listened enough to this podcast and learned that, then they're fucking assholes. <laughs> they get it. Yeah, they get it. Yeah, and and yes, I do. Lo- I do enjoy throwing musky flies, and I do enjoy being on musky floats, and I do enjoy being in musky water. Yes. it wasn't. I wanted to be there too, and I felt bad that. That no, you didn't. Did. You bailed no, the day before. No, you, did. you said, I, no. "Hey, if I'm gonna bail, I'm gonna put it in the group text that I'm gonna bail." And the group text was fucking radio silence. I told, <laughs> I told, I told Uncle Scott I was gonna bail. The two of you two could kiss my ass. <laughs> no, hey, look, I, Jason. You know, I, uh, the door. <laughs> I. But seriously, he's though, fucking stuck he's, outside. Yeah, Let him fun. in. It's got some. No, great for him. I don't want to listen to him anyway. Let him in. Uh, no, he's not now. God. How did it go, Chad? You start talking about it. Okay, so the musky float was. Sweet. I got left out because I tried to put a two boat float together and it didn't work out. And Jace wanted to go fucking goddamn turkey hunting and other people and do other things. And, and you said, "Oh, I went back to work because I'm non-essential and my hands hurt and I can't do it." It, it was, anymore. you know, no, 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 no. It was a lot tougher than I thought it was going to be. And you're are right, Chad. we recording? Yes, we're on air. Well, I'll tell you what. You in, when you invite me on your fucking boat after not inviting me, and it's going to be 30 mile per hour winds, I'm upset. And these Are you guys, still holding the reefer in? Yeah, <laughs> but these guys were going to catch a bunch of fucking fish. Oh. I knew it. I knew that day was going to happen. No, no, no. Jason actually, he mentioned a French Creek, which is a place. Uh, I, bu- 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 it, 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 it's a good place. There's a lot of water. I fished there once for smallmouth, and it was fucking great. It. it. was fucking great. Yeah, like, like it. when you mention shit like that to me, like, yeah, put I it like this. It is, it is not so much big water, but it holds that value. You know what I mean? It, it was a, it was a. I love going to places one, you know, for the first time or to see it once. It, 
you know, Allegheny mesmerized me. Like these these rivers, these the these big creeks. rivers. Yeah, the the water that actually you need to see it has a, that water the way we did. Yeah, if then you the will understand. No. no, it was super low and low clear. and clear. Then you're gonna understand where and why that fish caught, sit the way I they do. Walleye. I caught but you'll I see it. You're gonna be like, oh, I'll be doggone. That's why they're there. Well, I bet there was not so not not any weed growth, right? None yet. Yeah, that, zero. That was the kind of thing I was. It wasn't yeah. even burned. I was. Yeah. No, I was kind of. I was kind of. <laughs> I was kind of keyed in on that. That was what I was fishing when when we got into water that wasn't good. I thought wasn't good. Like. Less, you didn't have the depth. You know what I mean. You didn't have the holes, but where you seen the weeds, you knew fish were along those edges. I pulled fish that day, and that was it was a crazy day to go to a place for the first time. And your buddy was there. He's a professional bass fisherman. He fished his ass off and didn't do he well. Got nothing. But I, he didn't. He didn't see a fish. Well, I fished in front of him, but to. To go to you know a place like that, I thought I actually thought I was gonna run into the fish you guys were fishing for. I was like, oh, I'm gonna cut these guys off. But I pulled a walleye, I pulled multiple smallmouth. I did well that day. There's no doubt about it. There was no where lack we, of fish in that river. Back down here. We, we, we haven't. We're, talking we're talking about, about an old float that I uh, went on in the place you went. I don't know. Was it the same float? The same float. Oh man, dude, same that was do the whole same thing. Identical float. I don't know. He saw Raz catch a big fish at the oh, end of the day. I netted that fish. Yeah. That's just, you know, the tough part about it is, too, is you see where everything comes Listen, from. Listen, with it know. being low water, I could only but say there was probably only a handful of places that were, you know what I mean, fish-holding areas throughout yeah, oh a lot my of that. God, everything. Every everything looks so fucking good. Everything I, Oh, good. it does. It's you had a lot more wood river. sticking out. You it's had a lot a, more structure showing. That's a lot like our river. That's what, the, that's what makes that river take so long to float, is because you have to fish everything. You can't push through shit, you know? Yeah, true. Like our river. It's down. very similar yeah. to our river. You can't just push over anything in our river and not think it might not hold the fish, right, Mark? Guess what? There's something tucked down in there three, four feet that You're you just right. might need to pick out a little you bit to get it out of yeah, there. Yeah, exactly. It, and you gotta, you gotta give it a little. You can't and you know just, what? You can't Here's just the blow thing. past it and just no. think it's gonna work. I didn't catch the first fish that day. We floated it, so I was kind of burned. I was like, oh hell but no! But no, this was summer back. pool, just, and you were spinning a spinner, and you were throwing a spinner. I, I think mm-hmm. in that area, what we've got to do, we had a great float. I mean, let's uh, let's get into it a little bit. Yeah, look, I I really want to. Uh, no, a lucky float. No, no, shut not your a mouth. lucky float. No, it's bullshit. Empty. No, because you know all things. No, all things considered. They work their wait, sacks wait. Off. I want I want to hear oh. the number. You had two pike and a musky, no, right? No, four pike. Four Three pike, right? We're we're not penners, man. Yeah. We don't count. Ah, uh, fuck we'll, you. We'll, we'll Did you watch that. your bobber drop? You, you count, just be patient. Counts for girls and yeah. gays. You just be patient. We'll yeah, sit there and, and wait, wait, judge. wait. Am I just gonna sit back and watch the stories and and guess how many pikes? Yes, they were all nice pikes. They, they were. were. But uh, no, I I rode for the first two miles probably. I was in, like, in your boat, right? Yeah, my yeah. boat. So. And that, and it's like dusting the dust off that fucker because it don't no, get no use. You to know it. what though? That boat was perfect for because no. we had to deal with a lot of wind. You're yeah. wrong, and Chad's boat's perfect for that river. 
It's made to be there. That river, yes. Yes. That float that we did, That boat's yes. made for that that Fuck float. Yeah. That boat's made for it that cuts, float. It cuts so good. I could live in that boat yeah. on that float, on that float every day. Yes. You know what the nice part about that float is? Two launches. 90% yeah. of it, yeah. 90% of it you're boat. stuck in it. You're not getting out anywhere. It's no. straight up high walls both sides and all. You gonna take a not dump? Not only that, you're, you're not. You're not you're, yeah, you're, you're gonna not even buy any civilization yeah. for a, that, a yep. long ways in there. I thought There's that was the only. Uh, you could run my my raft on that same exact float, but it gets pushed around because it's not big enough. Mm-hmm. It's not big enough to handle water that big. Yeah, Jason, put it put a motor I on your shit. I put it on shit. the Allegheny, and on a nice day, it's it's great on any big water on a nice day. The wind, but if you're gonna have 20 mile an hour winds, my boat rides right on top of the water, which sucks. It just gets pushed around. Like, Didn't Chad boat? Okay, where your boat is meant, like we were just talking about. No, your boat it just cuts the water it's, so well. It sits in the water. Yeah, it doesn't it's ride on it top. It's so good for it. You, you know, one thing I noticed about my boat that that I like about your your boat more, Jay, than mine, is the oars on mine are a lot. Bigger, stiffer, stouter, and I like to be able to flex yours and then let off. Flex it, let off it. Flex it, let off it. You can really feather some shit. Oh, yeah. I know you don't want to hear it, but you could buy a new set of oars. Yeah. Yeah, Do I want minis on my boat? No, 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 no. I'm talking ordering a set with a little more flex in them, though. Yeah, but yeah, you're gonna. Sp- that's just yeah, I say. But you, you have it, to manhandle that kind of boat too. That boat weighs more, and it has to cut, and you're it has right. to move the yes. right way. Yeah, absolutely. And they're actually absolutely. like I like Chad's oars because they're they're. I do too. It, 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 they're counterbalanced. Yeah, I like how Jay's is down towards your chest he more instead of up in your head. What? Well, like I said, it's a totally different posture. Yeah. It's a totally different posture. It's different, yeah. You're, but, but it's different you're water, sitting too. up and rowing. I enjoy rowing. Both your seats suck. All oh, the seats saved it both. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. You're right. I, Chad, I, I love yours, rowing both in our own your ways. Your boat is... It's night like posture. Like you said, you're, you're more upright. You're upright? You're upright. Jason's boat, you're sitting down. You're struggling for all top end. Like, no, uh, Jay's you, boat, you're in like an athletic posture. Yeah, you got You're down in it, man. You're, you're using your legs, it. though. You're yeah, using your yeah, feet. Yeah, you lose you're not, your legs. You're not you using your legs. Your, nope. your you know core one thing, like too, that, that is a big thing with what we you're did the other day? You're not using your core as much have, as your legs. Have eyes in the back of your head. If you start to hear them trees picking up, start back rowing. That wind's coming behind yeah. you. Be ready no so that it doesn't start pushing you yeah. really fast. Yeah. You're already ready for it. You're already rowing. It, once it hits you, you're already if pushing you can, against it, if and you it can, doesn't go as fast. If you can di- be ready. If you can dictate a kind of a, uh, say, the same kind of wind, like it, it's coming from this time. When it blows, Listen, it's going to come from this way. I'm going to bring can, a rope. Yeah, you can next dictate time. that a little bit, and like you, like Mark saying, back row. And be oh, ready, it's, it's, or or angle yourself properly, whatever it may be. But be, be into the wind and ready. Next time, <laughs> next time, I, if I so, ever have so, to go and so Jason's first thing boat. in the morning, I'll have two gingers on the boat. So oh wait, no, back over. In their no, short, right? In their boat. Oh, we're you guys got to get to catch yeah, all we're these pike and stuff. Yeah, we're Keep going, please. I'm sorry, but Jake, this your, is a crap your boat, shoot tonight. Your boat, 
You can skull that th- or uh, crab walk that thing. Oh god, it, it's so amazing. much easier than my boat. Mm-hmm. It, yes. it's, I was trying to crab walk a lot with uh, with my boat. On but Saturday. I have three foot of walking room in the front of your boat, and I can put a full bag out there too. Yeah, exactly. And fit a cooler. It's nice for the musky. Grill. So how's the grill work in the bra- in the back? The grill in the back. Oh, I like I like Chad's <laughs> so, back of the boat so better how than long the front. How, so how? Oh, hold on. Hey, we're gonna get to this real quick so we can okay. roll through this. How long into the float uh, did you catch your first fish? Um, Five. However long I rode the first time. So who oh cut the first God. one? <laughs> Literally, that's the funny part. We Mark, Mark said to me the I night before, like, he said, we are going to catch a bunch of pike. Go ahead, Mark. Sorry. We stopped. I was like, all right, let's pull over here. Let's take a leak, stretch our legs for a second. We hop back in. I take two back rows. Chad makes one cast. Fish! His first strip. My Boom. very first cast. Awesome. Right, right there. Boom. Stuck a pike. And then the wind was blown like a motherfucker. We were like, oh. hey, there's an island down there. Let's let's just blow into that island. <laughs> It literally was blowing so hard. Both banks well, were so steep. We couldn't pull over like to get the fish out, take a picture. And yeah, uh, just let's just drift to the island. Let's just go to the island. Let's paparazzi this motherfucker up. Yep. <laughs> so it was cool. We kind of took a little bit and like enjoyed it, and that was nice. So and you kept like, growing down, and you guys kept seeing pike. Yeah. It, you know what was weird? It was like as soon as the sun would come out, the pike would light up. Fire tiger was lighting them up. Really? And it was just, yeah, the sun would come out, and you'd see yeah, they were coming out. Huh. And the sun would go down, or the cloud cover would come over. And were you catching them in like pools, or were no. they on riffles, or no what? down wood? Down oh, all 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 wood. Yeah. They were like the dirty girls at the Golden Bear. Yeah, they love yeah. that wood. That oh. one that I <laughs> caught. They <laughs> got to be in some down trees or some kind they of lo- uh, timber. That oh. one I caught. Very oh, cool. It was like three and a half foot of water. There's a, a tree that forked coming up out to it, like like probably foot and a half. I stripped a uh, one of them single synthetic ones. Yeah. Right over the top. Boom, boom. Fish comes up, swipes, misses. Oh boom, yeah. Strip, that, strip. Came right super back. Super cool. Boom. Hammers it again. But like right out of that down timber, just right up out of it. You're douche, Chase. Fuck you! I did that oh. right. I, I wanted to. Listen, I wanted to go I did on that this float. Listen, I, if Jace would have said yes, I would have been there. We would have been there. Dad, like, I'm taking your bed, dude. Been casting yeah. for Pike all day. Jay, we we talked about you about six o'clock in the p.m. We said, "Hey, right now, Doctor J would have been, you know, whining a little bit. No, little, I would have been, been pissy. Wait, you were fishing till six? Don't do shit with Mark. How many hours? We've been having a great time. We'd have already caught a few Pike and some dude." I'm down, dude. Dude, we fished until 8.30. At night? Am I scared? I didn't get home till 10. Yeah. Am I scared? Yeah. 10 what in time the did you start? 8, 7. Chad, in the morning. How long? Mark was in my house at 7. We oh, left at 7. Fuck. Dude, yeah. Chad, Trouble. how? And because the morning was not going to be very good because of, no. No, but the morning, you're, that morning was going to be Freezing cold. It was. It, was it cold. wasn't even going to be above. It was uh, forecasted by ten o'clock. Twenty so degrees with thirty great, mile per hour winds. That's, that's the best idea you guys have was to start a little later. I even said, dude, you, you know, shit. It would have been later. better to start earlier that day because no, no, the wind wasn't there. It wasn't there until yeah, later. You couldn't have casted because you had so much ice in your guys. No, no, it, it, 
right? It, it Mark, was, it was definitely you were a, there, Mark. No, it was a misforecast. It was a so you you could have started earlier. Yeah, it, it was a misforecast. I want to hear That's Scott's all. not here. What went into how much grinding really went into Scott catching that ninth inning? Oh, all day. Everybody's caught a pike, right? Um, yeah, at that point, everybody caught a pike. Scott caught a big small, yeah, probably like a three gorgeous, and a half, four pound small, gorgeous smallmouth. And uh, but his pike was pretty. The biggest I bet through, pike through that point of the day, we had probably covered close to like eight miles. We had four encounters with pike. I had a fish that came up that we can pretty much know it was a muskie. It was it was a weird pull the way it was set up, and I kind of threw had up. I called you yet? I already, I had called you. I remember, but you but shut your a, mouth, Chad. It was, it was weird because you come into it and you go through a strainer, and then it goes massive. But the far left side of it is really shallow hump, and it creates an eddy the whole way around it. So we float around it, and I kind of threw my fly up onto the bank. And I had a full sink line on, so I let the line sink a little bit, drug it off the bank, stripped it a couple times. Big flash comes up, and you can see in that, I mean, we were low and clear. You can see the spots on a pike. This fish turned complete. It was green. It was was emerald green, silver. And it just rolls on it, nothing. And we just kept at it and didn't move nothing. Nobody at this table is going to uh, contest that you don't know what the hell a muskie looks like when it rolls. No, it wasn't a musky if you didn't catch it. Sorry. You're a musky, Mark. Come on, man. Jason, it was me, I, I, I me Mark, and Scott yeah, in the I boat. Can, yeah. And Mark still wouldn't call that thing a musky. No. He said it was a fish. At the end, I said at the end of the night, he said, what do we move? I still won't call it. It's a, a fish. fish. Hey. Could be anything. Could it be it looked like it. It was great, but, you know, I... You don't, you don't ever want to give yourself Listen, credit. I never call big bucks big bucks until I know they're we, big we bucks. We gave it three more good chances, too. We went back around. We kept working. We fished that motherfucker hard. Yeah, we, we gave her a few more shots. It, it didn't look like a big fish, probably mid-30s. That's where you should have took your still, break. still, it wanted to move. Let's, so, let, let's, how let's big roll. was the fish set? So, yeah, we worked our way down. At that point, uh, we probably... Uh, <laughs> throughout the day, though, I bet we moved eight, nine small <laughs> so, so, this is a new name for him. It's Uncle Scott. Uncle did anybody Scott. fish smaller fly? Did they? He oh, did yeah. you? Did oh, you? Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Small blacks. Yeah. I had a smallmouth. I had a smallmouth whack up. A six and a half inch uh, pole smoker. Didn't right didn't side of the boat. Oh, I <laughs> Mark smoked. watched you it. You still yeah. got my fly, dude. <laughs> oh, 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 you still got my fly. Your fly? Yeah, that one fly. No Would, hook. That that so uh, the white so one with was the pack ring tail. Two yes, pike, a, a musky, okay. three, three pike, a three musky, pike, and a, a musky, big smallmouth. And a big smallmouth. But yeah, That's at that point, we probably moved eight on smallmouth. Mm. And we were kind of, it was 7.30. It, it, was, it was later. It was day. late. It was getting dark. Yeah, yeah, I called you guys already, and I'm like, hey, what's going on? You guys still, fl-? and Chad's like, ah, oh, I'm still floating. <laughs> Leave me alone. I want to kill you. And I'm like, hey, just so you know, my okay, wife. Okay, dude. My wife called me, and that's the same voice I gave her. <laughs> it was a group message. It was the same group message. I think I think Jay was with my wife. They were just double. <laughs> no, no, seriously. They were just double checking hey, to hey, make. Where sure. are you at, Chad? They were just double checking to make. You better be sucking Mark's 
Hey, I'm trying to make a fucking funny joke. Let They're just double checking to make sure I wasn't coming home so they could be home by themselves. There you go. That's <laughs> we're watching Tiger King together without him. So. Um, no, I haven't watched so, it yet. So I haven't watched it yet. On a day no. with less but, than 30 degree temps. Well, here's the That's thing is, my yeah, boy, dude. I love well, my boy. No, no, no. no. Let's, get, let's get this a little bit. Because we hit a, a big, day. open, long stretch of wide, flat water with just... No side banks on the and side. And Chad already wants no, to be done. No, no side banks. Straight up. No, we were fine. We knew what we were getting into because we still had a long way to we go. We had a mile left. We had hey. over a mile left. I there. know Chad's a grinder. It's 730. We a had a mile bitch. left. You're we knew all, what we were getting you're, into. You're we don't raise a bunch bitches of houses here. And stuff? <laughs> so, Is that where you're at? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, oh we're there. And it's kind of tough right there, ain't it? it? We're fishing through and then all of a sudden it's like, Scott's like, I got one. No, but, but Scott said... Stay a little bit out further. Mm-hmm. Stay a little bit out. Did he? Yeah, he said stay a little bit. We've been pounding banks all day. Stay a little bit out. And hmm. we couldn't see contour, so I was in the middle of the fucking river. And Mark said, hey, I'm snagged. Mark cast and uh, wrapped his line around a, a set yeah. of stairs that went down. And the, the fly went through the center of the stairs and wrapped around and hooped onto yeah and hooked the opposite way facing back towards the dirt no onto shit. the steps. the whole way around it and then he said hey I'm snagged on these set of steps I said okay well, yeah we'll go over there and then Mark said or then Scott said hey I got a fish I said <laughs> you gotta be fucking shit, no man. hey Scott does have a fish. <laughs> yeah. What'd you do? Just let your line out. No, that, that, that's what yeah. I just let my line out, and then hey. I like kind of leaned back and grabbed the net, and like it, it hit the surface, and a fish looked massive. Oh it my was God. just all belly. It looked huge, and I'm like laying out as far as I can. I get the, in the net, and I like look at him like, oh, oh, a that's nice cute. fish. <laughs> it's like all you'd want for the river, like a. Good, solid, probably close to 40-inch fish. Big, fat head, meaty. Oh, it looked great. But, like, when it hit the top of the water, it's like all oh, of was... us were like, oh, my. I don't know whether it was just because it was that late in the night and it was that dark or that belly went up and it looked like it was. We got to the bank and Scott's like, anybody got a tape? Is this a four-footer? I'm like, <laughs> hey, can I hit 40? <laughs> that is exactly it. <laughs> And the redneck on the bank said, shit, motherfucker, that'd be 38 inches. Exactly, dude. That was like verbatim how that five seconds went. You got a tape? <laughs> and Mark, you know what, you well, know, even Mark, like, you I, know and I will give it to Mark. Mark's, Mark's the person who will look the size of a fish down, maybe because when I netted that, a good sized female for you, the last really good fish you caught out of the lake, and you downplayed that fish at first. Mm-hmm. And I was like, <laughs> I just put a good size. I looked at that fish, and when I netted it, I was like, I think that fish is probably about 40 some inches long, Mark. We should probably, you know, and I'm like, oh, I think that fish. And then you picked it up, and you were like, yeah, let's put this one in a marker. Just, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. I, I kind of seen it as, when I put it in the net, I was like, oh my god, that's that's a big fish, bro. And I I was proud of you. I'm like, this is what we've been you have been working for. Not yeah. we. I'm just happy to put it in the net and be the guy that I don't care what you shit either way. But I'm proud of you because that's what you've been working for. And 
you know, I'm I, at that moment, like, I don't want to be the guy who messed up. You know just, me. Hell you know, no, I don't want to be the guy who messed up on a 40-incher. I'm not one of them people that I just, I'm not here to pad my ego with it. I don't want to say, oh, that's this. But we this had I'm the not, fun I'm not worried it. about that. How much yeah. fun did we have that night? It, that, you know what? The, the dude, grind we were hugging. That, yeah. We were hugging. Yep, the grind we, through that and like blowing snow and wind well, and just to see that fish dart up the side yeah, of the boat. Yeah, we put our minds into it. We were asking ourselves, are we doing the right things and are we in the right area? And I thought in the right area and I'm like and how many times did I say in my day, mind I just thought we needed to grind a little bit right like, there like how many times did I say through the day of that float I'm like we're gonna get one opportunity today we gotta take advantage of we're gonna get yep. one chance I thought our one opportunity was that top pool I, and I really did I was kind of worried moving down through I'm like man that was the shot today that was it and it just it wasn't it, it just it, it nothing we can do no, you never know. You no. never know when the it, opportunity it, is going to you know, happen. Some days it's only I'm sorry, that Chad, one no, you're shot. You're fine. You're fine. You're fine. You're fine. You know, you he, we know. talked about that that day that Scott and I fished yeah. all day long. In a quarter to five, that fish came up, and and he played it off at the beginning. Because I look back, I'm like, that was a thick fish. That was nice. What happened? I just missed a fly. Okay. We kept fishing. Well, and then like a week went by. And I was like, hey, dude, what happened with that fish? I pulled the fly out of the water too soon. I go, that, was, that, that wasn't that was just a, uh, that was a decent fish. That was a good one. I mean, that was thick. He was, yeah, I was, I was low to mid-40s. Wow. I was like, I, I thought so. I you was know? like, I'll let you go with that for a little bit. But at the end of the day, Aww. that was the, the, you know, and sometimes that's all you're going to get is that one opportunity. And you spend he the did whole the same day thing on a trout float with me. <laughs> no, Scott. I'm not shitting you, dude. That dude did the same ass shit with a trout like that. No, he, Jay, Jay, he was uh, such a great fisherman. He capitalized on every opportunity he was given that, that day. day, dude. I I watched him say, "This is where the big boy lays." He fucking. And a second later, does not he hook into it? The biggest brown trout I've ever seen in that creek. He's gonna put a he's gonna put a hook in a fish. He, he is one of the best fishermen I've mm-hmm. ever seen. And at, and you and, know what I was talking about the and you and I were talking the confidence. About... No, Tommy. Earlier this podcast, we're gonna have a five hour podcast. We are. But dude, Tommy up. talked a little earlier in this podcast about having confidence. That guy had confidence that Chad and I set him up right. Mm-hmm. 100%. And he was like, this is where it's going to happen. Boom. And it did happen. On the fly, you know I put, what? On the fly I tied him, and the, and the, and the leader, and the... The, the goofy-ass leader that I yeah, made for him. Yeah, the head, the big... The big that worked heavy, well. The big, it did. No, the big... <laughs> broke. No, no, not the No, line. not the leader. He tied his own fly on. It was right to the, the, right the fly. Like, the actual, like, leader, like, the... the Chad put him on a heavy sinking line tip. You know, just super heavy tip. And that's what... It was perfect. It was perfect for the situation. and For that day, yes. Yeah. The nice part is, is you know, and, that, and he, I enjoy having, if, like... you got to have a guy like him who's going to grind well, to the it, very end. And that was in the fucking ninth, eighth hour of our long float. And yeah. if he wasn't, like... No, I haven't seen water like this yet, and I want to capitalize on the moment. Like you, you, you don't get fishermen in the boat, the front of the boat, like him very often. And as the one opportunity you're going to get during mm-hmm. that day, and I can't tell you how he's many, an amazing fisherman. I can't tell you how many fish I caught over this winter where I was like, all right, let me check out. And then I start walking. I'm like, I'm going to stop in a couple more spots, and then you catch a fish. Yep. 
Time on the water is the only way you're going to do it. Oh, if you think you're going to yeah. go out there and you're going to bust a muskie in a couple no. hour trips, it's just not, it's not going to happen. <laughs> Sometimes it yes. takes all day, but no. you know what? You're going to be right time, at the right time, the right Absolutely. conditions, like you're fishing for them. Absolutely. You'll get somebody to right, yeah, right time, right conditions. You're going to walk I out mean, there and someone's going to be a grinder like cast. Scott. You just never know. No, no, no. It's only going to be with the information that. You have and the insight you have, you know. All right, here's the storm. Here's the front. We're fishing the, the behind the front. You know what I mean? Like, but at the end of the like day, here's the thing. At the end of the day, I feel like I am reaching the point, and we are all getting to the point. And I mean, yeah. I, and, and I'm working as hard as I can to get to that point with just these fish. I feel like we should be starting getting to where we can move multiple fish in a day. Yeah, and, and and I know we're not. Um, I know there's a lot of areas that need a lot of learning yet, and I'm going to exclude them because we're working them. And it was nice this week because I'm going to kind of prelude into that. I got out back out with Scott on the same water mm-hmm. we floated, and I stuck my boat in there with a depth finder, and we it's worked totally different than what we thought it was. <laughs> exactly, yeah. and we got in there. I saw those texts. We got in there. We messed around with that a little bit. In a lot of these areas, we're going to have to break down section by section. And I don't want to sit there and do it eight miles at a time. We'll go down eight miles, and we're going to do it in that float. And absolutely, we'll do that every time. And then when we got a couple hours here and there, I'm going to motor, and I'll break down a mile by mile by mile. And we're going to learn each mile because them fish are moving. Right now, they're moving in and out of spawn. Mm-hmm. They're going to settle into some of them log jams. And just like Tommy, we're going to name them suckers. We're going to figure out where they are, but they're going to settle in there. And you've just kind of, kind of got to keep working and pushing at it to figure out where they're going to be. But I think once we can dial it in, you then, it's not the fact of how many fish you move. It's the fact of where you allocate your time to where the fish are properly. And then you move fish based off of that because you've learned where they're going to be. So you're not going to spend 75% of your time killing it on dead water. Mm-hmm. You're going to spend 75% of your time fishing good water and 25% of your time moving to good water. And you're going to be fishing good water, good water, good water, good water, good water. Moved it's by good learning water. each yeah. time you're there, yes. recording wow. what you're doing and looking back on it, and then you know. And then once you do that, after a few years, yeah, it takes time. It's not going to be overnight. But you, you will learn what you water is will. good. And then after a few years, you're going to be able to go in there, and you're going to fish exclusively on the best water in that river or that lake every single time, and you're going to be on top of fish. Yes. It's just... It, it, it'll you, you can do it. You just gotta put the time into it. Yeah. Change tactics. Change flies based off different times of the year. Give them jigging actions. Give them swimming actions. Give them, you know, floating dies and just let them bury down deep and then rip them back up and just change it. It's all gonna change on the time of the year. Underarm, drag it real slow. Come fall. There's a lot of different ways you can do Put it. Put a twister tail on, let it drag real slow. It's just slow. real slow, yep. And I'm even myself starting to play a lot now with like my double bufers because I've always done them as two six aughts. And they swim great, they fish great, they work great. I've worked them a lot with single shanks in the front. For the single hand strip, right? For the single hand strip. Yes. Now you can do a, do- a shank in the front and a hook and a single hook in the back. There's some downsides it. Then you can do swivels. You can work with it and split rings. There's a lot of whole different ideas you can work with on these to kind of achieve different results. So if you want to work a different depth, you can work a swivel in there, add more weight, hold that fly down so it doesn't want to bring itself back up. There's a lot of crap we can play with to get. Yeah. We can dial these muskies in. 
Tommy Lynch just told us this an hour ago. What's that? Wait, wait, it was five hours ago. So, hey, we were bought to you by... Bought to you. <laughs> bought to you by Predator Flyer. Check them out where? PredatorFlyer.com and Sims Fishing. I just put in a nice order. Got some uh, sandals, a couple hats, t-shirt. What would your dad com. get? What kind of hat did your dad get? The hat with the D&D on it. Goddamn right. Sells a hat with the uh, Tommy Lynch's D&D on the hat, dude. It's the dopest hat I've ever seen in my life. My dad saw the hat. He's like, if I'm not going to be fishing anything else anyway, in the spring, it's going to be here, in D&D. Here, I'm going to shout to Tommy Lynch. I'm going to shout these guys out because they're top-notch. Costa. We got some sweet shirts on here. We, Me and Jason, we're twinning. We're rocking the Beast of the East shit we were from, you know. Sponsored by Sims and all the fucking coolest fishing shit you could get on this planet or any planet. But by all means, check out the glasses from Costa. They work fucking great. They do. If you want to see better, <clears throat> that's the ticket. Outside of that, uh, like Jason mentioned, Predator Fly Gear, Urban Fly Company. There's a lot of crap Urban right now. Urban Flyco, all that shit. Minnows, Minnows are slaying them right now. Yeah, he's catching fish. He's tying. He's doing all that shit. Um, Also, I want to endorse take a kid fishing or mushrooming. We didn't get into our mushroom minute, but next week we can with another another deal. But you know, the spring is full of opportunities. Even though another one for me. We're supposed to. I love my Smith fly. We do. We like Smith fly. Uh, the Smith fly. If you're gonna buy a rap, go buy a Smith fly. We don't endorse them very often, but I love my rap, and everybody in this table loves my rap. Simply, <laughs> we, simply we for, it. Like, the, it really for is, the in general fisherman. It it's not a boat. Uh, it's a yeah, it's an access it, tool. Yeah, it is. It is a tool that you get to access water you can't access with anything else other than a, a, a canoe. If you have a canoe and you can access this place, you can access it with my raft. A, it's a stand-up boat with the abilities of a canoe. You can yeah. go in two inches of water. You can do all these things while standing up and fishing. One of the dopest crafts I ever been on. I've been well. We love Chad, it, right? Chad's boat's elite. Yes. Jason's boat's the shit. So <laughs> yeah. you know, Thank Smith you. Fly is is a very nice tool for the small water to big water fishermen. It, it is. is. It is. Any plenty water. Of, plenty of Any versions water. to use it in lake, you know. Yeah, we I pushed guess. it from Small Creek to, out into a giant river last time we used it, Chad, and it, it, it was adequate. It was. Versus uh, some other... some other. I like, I like the self-bailing uh, feature of it most of all, I think. Ah, uh, we're riding on top of the water, man. It's you it's a it's it, a no rain. It's a no Cadillac rain, for no hurts, for being a, on the river, going, right? I'm sorry. No, you're fine. You're fine. Hey, do we did we hit all all of our normal plugs? No, we, we we're gonna mention Predator Flyer again. We're gonna mention Sims Queen fishing. City Guiding, Sims Fishing. We're gonna mention yeah, Queen City um, Guiding. I can't wait to get on what? the water with. Allsdorf Genetics. Uh, Where can urban, you find out Allsdorf Genetics? That's gonna be right at. Urban, Urban Fly, Fly Co. Check them guys out. UrbanFlyCompany.com. Uh, coming to you from the Urban Fly Co. Studio. Uh, also, check out the app. 
the dock. The dock. Well, that's from. Stuff. I'm okay. Hey, while we're at it, check out Project Healing Waters. Um, our boy Ellis from River Tactile Flies asked us if we could get our listeners to be a little bit more active in the Project Healing Waters uh, projects. So if you have time, please donate some time. Project Healing Waters has, they have flies. They have money. They have everything they need. They just need time. They need guys to go out and, and hang, aid people and, and hang out with vets. The, the you know the, the yeah. having fun outdoors. So please, you know, just be there with them and go hang out a little time. Go hang out with vets. That's all I'm asking you. And uh, projecthealingwaters.org. Uh, uh, PG just asked me, should he wear his waders tomorrow? So wear your waders and bring your D and D's. That check out Yeti. Yeti.com. And SVS Fishing. We have a Facebook page. Chad don't use it, but that's fun. I use the IG. Burp. And thank you, Tommy Lynch, for giving us a moment. I died for you 